0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. TNA is the best
1: wrestling in the whole world. Oh, shit! It's Vince Russo! Oh, yeah, you can be king, king, king of these mess, you know <laughs>
0: What a glorious day to be me! (laughs) This is BS! This sucks! I've lost my objectivity and I don't give a damn! Welcome everybody to You've Got to Be Kidding Me, a TNA History podcast where we cover TNA history one month at a time. This is episode number 28 where we're talking about August 2004. I'm Gary Kidney, I'm joined as always by Liam Jones. Liam, hello.
1: Wow, that was a lot of great uh, different Candices on your voice. There. Cadences, even, not even Candace's. That, Leray, Raw, let's talk about Raw. The Fiend is back. But he's not the Fiend, he's Bray Wyatt.
0: Well, one, I find it funny that my brain went to Candace Michelle and yours went my to My brain Candace also LeRay. went to
1: Candace Michelle! <laughs> <laughs> but I changed it to be relevant to something.
0: <laughs> and two, yes, The Fiend is back, but it's not the. I'm quite upset that it's not The Fiend, even though I did predict it wouldn't okay. be The Fiend.
1: I think it's extra funny that it isn't The Fiend because people definitely cared more about The Fiend than Bray Wyatt.
0: I don't know. You see, with Bray coming back as himself, you see a lot more people being like, nah, Fiend sucked. <laughs> Willing to admit to themselves that it was a bad character who was never good and Bray is back, but also they'll lose their shit again when he does The Fiend in two years.
1: I think he's just gonna, they're just going to make Bo the Fiend, right? Like, that's going to be the shtick. So it's going to be like Bo and Bray teaming up.
0: Bring Alexa into the stable.
1: Well, that's the thing, right? The, everyone's... All these nerds <laughs> very excited about the Wyatt
0: Six. Have you, like, seen any interview Alexa has done in the last, like, four months?
1: Does she, like... Is she, like, happy that it's gone? Or what? what's, her, what's she talking... Or is she, like, pissed? She just wants to be the Fiendess again.
0: She kind of just wants to be the Fiendess again. She was like, oh, I love the character work I was doing, and right now I'm just a boring nobody who nobody cares about.
1: Well, um, when she was doing the character i remember those interviews where she was like this is the best thing i've ever done it's what all i want to do from now on so i guess uh, that was true
0: now she's smiley happy baby face number four maybe five <laughs> who's just friend of oscar
1: like i think she's friend of bianca if anything
0: well no you see she's friend of oscar who's friend of bianca there's like the tears of just like lackey sidekicks of bianca yeah,
1: I don't know. Like, I think it's necessary, though, because there's, like, six good female wrestlers on the main roster, so if she's not doing shtick, she's one of them.
0: Now she can do shtick with The Fiend. Listen, I think The Fiend is terrible. I think Bray Wyatt is really bad. But I have reached a stage where I don't care anymore. So mm. I am, like, firmly into ironically liking The Fiend territory, because say one thing about Bray Wyatt, the man's never boring. The man is always like, worms, set myself on fire, set my idiot friends on fire. And it did get quite annoying when people were like,
1: Firefly Funhouse is like, visionary, and it's like... Yeah, that's my problem. I hate that shit. I I don't mind if you look at it and go, ha, this is pretty fun. But when you start comparing it to like, this is pro wrestling, but high art. Like if I had to hear one more person put over that fucking John Cena, Firefly Funhouse goddamn (laughs) match from that mania. It's like, I liked it in the same way that I like the final deletion. Like Mm. it's cheesy and corny and dumb and fun. But when you come to me and you're like, this is high art pro wrestling. I'm like, fuck you. It's not deep. It's literally not that deep. Yeah, that's what, so that's what I can't stand. Like if you like it as like and just like it, that's cool, man. I don't begrudge you for that. But when you tell me that it's something more than what it is, that's when I get frustrated.
0: Whereas I'm here to now laugh at the fiend and Bray Wyatt. I hope he does worms, I hope he sets himself on fire every week, I hope he does all his Bray Wyatt nonsense and rocking chairs and all that shite, so that I can point at Raw and laugh at it. Well, I
1: would like if they did that, just so then people can be like Stop pretending these are, like, old-time great wrestling shows every week.
0: (laughs) Well, there was that one Raw that was good.
1: Yeah, it was good. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem, Garrett. I don't mind if you think they're good. My problem is when you think they're, like, amazing shows.
0: My favorite thing is that people are so mad at the idea that people are enjoying Raw that they've concocted a cage match conspiracy. That they believe that, like, people are juicing the cage match ratings for WWE. It's like, no, people just liked Raw. And then the next week it was back down to a six. Oh, look, I guess the conspiracy only lasted one episode of Raw.
1: Yeah, those ratings were still high. <laughs> Say what you want. Those ratings did not, that episode did not deserve nines and tens, okay?
0: Wow, you were in the cage match conspiracy sect, I think not. In, it no,
1: I'm not in a conspiracy. I acknowledge that people did it. I just think that people are stupid.
0: Wow, he's just trying to drag Triple H down.
1: Yes, because everyone else is putting him (laughs) up on a pedestal and he doesn't deserve to be there.
0: Uh, Other than The feed, how's your week going? Yeah, what has happened this week?
1: Give me the wrestling highlights from this week, Garrett.
0: We had Bound for Glory.
1: Yeah, um, the world exploded because they changed the camera.
0: Yeah, you have it facing the crowd instead of facing the stage
1: uh new japan just announced a bunch of titles Ren Narita is the son of strong style now
0: oh did you see the shot of him bleeding on strong
1: (laughs) yeah it was awesome he's the best
0: he is shibata
1: so like the cool thing about Ren Narita is i feel like for a lot of people he was the like one of the bunch where they're like oh you know ren he'll be nice but like i don't think people like expected him to break out in any big way but it's looking like he's found a stick that which is just being shibata but he's found a stick that's gonna like land him as a an actual guy
0: Yeah, they have a bunch of good kids. You should bring them all home and push them all.
1: But that's the thing, right? It's, uh, New Japan, like, has a problem of having too many people out and, like, too slow of an intake, but because of COVID, they've backlogged a lot of people, so in the next year, there's going to be, like, six people coming back, which is what they've desperately needed, and I'm really looking forward to the G1 next year with a bunch of new heavyweights. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Uh, what else happened in the world of wrestling?
1: A gleet drew over a thousand. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Gleet's doing well. We are the, the Gleet defense squad against all the haters who just want to shit on Gleet's success.
1: Yeah, um, Kaito Ishida versus Tetsuya Izuchi may be the best match in company history. And also, Kaito, like, th- I was watching that match and I was watching it in front of this, like, really full Kurikan hole. And I was like, oh, man, this is, like, a giant show. This show, like, this, uh, Gleet feels major league because of this.
0: I'm excited for what people can cheer. <laughs> Me saying that for the last two years.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it feels like we're approaching it, at least. Mm. It helps that, like, I think 40% of the next New Japan tour is in cheering venues. That's nice. Yeah, so, like, most of the the tag leagues are going to have cheering. So, hey, you know, if you want to watch the least interesting New Japan tour... <laughs> God damn it, monkey call
0: curse. It's like, I want cheering back. It's like, well, we've got the World Tag League for you.
1: Yeah, maybe it'll be fun, because they've got a bunch of new teams and stuff, and they're bringing people in.
0: We had a full Extreme Rules, which had a good opener, and the rest of the show was really boring.
1: I watched the opener, and then got very bored and just skipped to Bray Wyatt. (laughs)
0: Because, like, there was a bunch of... It's the classic, like, there was nothing wrong with Finn and Edge. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was also just very long and not very interesting. No.
1: It's like an NWA TNA main event.
0: Oh, we'll get to that.
1: At least um at least it was nice that Finn won. Mm. It's cool that that, that young Wiversnabba, <laughs> in Belor, um got a push.
0: You see he is reaching the classic over forties pushed WE Division, so good for yes. him. He's finally gotten there.
1: Bunch of people finished up with the impact. That's fun not because they're leaving but because it's just fun you know more free agents hanging around impact's got a hell of a roster though like is, is there, I am a notorious like judger of modern impact but I will admit they have a great roster and they and they bring in the most interesting outsiders of maybe any other company yeah like oh let's just have two weeks of like mascara Dorada coming in and having cool matches yeah yeah like, all right, cool, fucking sweet. Let's just let's go to Texas and have Hyan come in. Who is great and underrated and should be signed by someone?
0: That's like one of the 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 NWA legacies, isn't it? Which they, they they honestly didn't do enough of in the year we're watching right now, which makes it a little boring. But when you're just willing to be like a if we <laughs> when you're willing to be like, we have access to a guy, not for very long, but he's good. So let's just do something with him for a little bit. Good. Uh, let let me direct you to Big Veto. Oh, Who they're God. currently
1: doing that with.
0: Yeah, he's done, though. We'll, we've seen the last of Big Vito this month. Psychosis. Who looks jacked. He looks great, by the way. Got the mask back on, too. There's a Psychosis against Jeff Jarrett. Impact match. The match isn't very good, but it's like the most WCW worldwide TNA has ever been.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoy. I like, The cool thing about Impact is, too, they're like, all right, we have this guy for, like, two weeks. Let's just put him in, like, a one-on-one with a mate eventer.
0: He mm, should win. He should have beaten Jared.
1: Challenge for the NWA title. Psychosis like vs. Jeff Hardy would be really cool.
0: <laughs> so we are talking about the month that is August Aww,
1: 2004. I don't want to talk about this month.
0: Liam, I, I have a, a major confession to start with. I, I am known as a TNA historian. I am known as a guy who's watched every TNA show. This is my first time watching all of these TNA (laughs)
1: pay-per-views. Wow. How does it feel? They're really boring. I was vindicated and, like, be skipping them. (laughs) So, uh, take me back to when you did your your first TNA watch-through. What made you skip these shows?
0: So, yeah, it would have been, God, probably over a decade ago that I actually sat down and, like... Went through all of the Asylum shows one after another. And like 2003, as we talked about, like wacky and stupid. There's just people there yeah. every week for two weeks. You get Mike Awesome's show. And up has
1: some every good like months in there
0: too. And Raven's great.
1: Yeah.
0: Impact Hall of Famer Raven, by the way.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> David Young next year.
0: And then you get into 04, and just as the year goes on. It just gets less and less interesting and more and more boring and more and more holding patterny and Jarrett gets worse and worse. And I just I just stopped watching. There was just nothing interesting anymore. And I, once I cleared like all the X Cup stuff, which at least I had some wacky intrigue in. Then there's just there's just nothing left. What am I going to do? Watch Raven and Todd Sexton on Impact? Actually, no, I've seen the Impacts. So I tell it like I've seen all the Impacts. So it's the pay-per-views I haven't seen. But this this is my first time actually sitting down to watch them all. I've seen bits and pieces on these pay-per-views, but never all of them. I've never We're sat really down to, to justify watch the it here. I've never sat down to watch the Glenn Gilbert versus David Young final gut check match.
1: I don't remember it to be honest. I can think of maybe two things this month that are good.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> so, oh, no, three, I thought of a third one.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: I think that Raven has had a good month. I think um, that the Goldilocks storyline has been good this <laughs> month. Classic. And uh, I think that, um, <laughs> I think I was just going to say Alex Shelley, who was in the Goldilocks storyline.
0: Yeah, it's like, we've been given out about these months for a while now, uh, that they haven't been very interesting. This is somehow, like, nothing happens this month literally yeah. nothing in an entire month of television there's nothing that you can be like this is the month that X happened like the watch along we did which was the first show of the month like we only did it because it, it looked like a decent card NWTNA 106 August 4th that's the one we did the watch along for when I looked at the cards for these watch alongs it's like there's there's not even like a thing on any of these shows that's like let's do that for the watch along it's just like let's just pick one I guess let's just pick the first show of the month yeah which is a real hard sell for you to go to com and listen to that watch-along of the, we just picked the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we tried, <laughs> you know, we tried to make it funny, uh, mm-hmm. but you know what, we're going to really make it up for you soon, because soon, monthly pay-per-views, those watch-alongs are just bound to be a fun time all around.
0: They are bound for glory.
1: They are bound for glory. They're
0: bound for victory road.
1: What's the first one, Garrett?
0: Victory road.
1: Damn, yeah. (laughs) We are on the victory road now.
0: But, like, it's not even that everything is stuck in a holding pattern, because they're building to something. Like, they're building to the date with Faith on September 8th, which is the Jarrett and Hardy match for the title, and the last Asylum show. We'll get into that in a sec. Uh, And... That's what they're building toward, and they spend the entire month building toward tag titles contenders. Like the X Division does have stuff happening. There's a new champion in the X Division this month, so at least there's something there. But like the Dusty and Russo story is just the literally fucking same thing every week, and nothing changes. Everyone comes out doing the same thing they've done last week, and the week before, and the week before that, and it's just it's such a it's such a nothing happening month of television more than, I think, any month of television. Like, last month, you were like, yeah, it wasn't great, but you had The Naturals against AMW, Six Sides of Steel. You had something that was, like, relevant and interesting. June, you'd be like, anniversary show, debut of Impact, debut of Jeff Hardy, something. Even when the shows aren't great, there's something you can be like, this is the thing that makes this month interesting. What's the thing that makes August interesting? Nothing. Nothing. There's
1: nothing interesting. Do you think it's, um... Just because we've re entered another holding pattern until they go to their new structure.
0: Yeah, it has been holding pattern into holding pattern into holding pattern, hasn't it? Because it's like we just have to get on TV, and now when it's either on TV, it's like the TV just becomes the most forgettable, nothing happening show. There's five squash matches and an okay But event. I'd still
1: rather watch it than the fucking pay per views.
0: And then you get to like, all right, now we're ending the the weekly pay-per-views because they they haven't done better numbers in the Impact era, which is what they would have hoped for, that that somehow Impact would have sold pay-per-views. God forbid how it's not happening with all its squash matches. And now we're moving into the the monthly pay-per-view year and we have another transition phase between the, the now and then.
1: Yeah no, at least we're almost out of it. Yeah, it's awful. It's a bad. Sh- it's bad shows. Like I don't know, man. It's how do you get excited for anything here? It's uh, this. It's times like this that make me wish we were doing like I don't know, WCW Thunder, <laughs> because at least it'd be stupid.
0: That's the thing. That's the the Bray Wyatt principle. It's the same thing with Vince Russo. You, you like you can say an awful lot of things about Vince Russo's booking a pro wrestling, and we have, and we will in the future. But the one thing you could never say about Vinny Rue is that he's boring. Yeah. And this Jeff Jarrett Dutch Mantel lead product is so boring. There's no ideas there. There's no spark. There's no like interesting stories or angles or directions. It's all just. Uh, excuse you. Goldie walks Yeah, uh, Well, yeah. We, Everyone still buries. Though I will say Wade Keller came around to Goldie. I was looking at the the reviews of these shows and everyone's like, Goldie's terrible and Wade Keller's like, I've come around on Goldie. It's like, yeah, I mean, wait, well Wade done. Knows. Cause there's people who are like she's terrible and hammy acting. It's like that that's the point.
1: Yeah, but have you seen anything else on the show?
0: <laughs> yeah, the great acting you get in the Jeff Jarrett segments and well to be fair, Vince Russo does look miserable. That's very convincing.
1: <laughs> hmm. I don't think it's acting.
0: Uh but yeah, it's, it's 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 not it's not a good month. Yeah,
1: well, you know. What can you do? All we can do is get through it quickly so we can get to the next one.
0: Uh, Before we get into it, a reminder, you can head to our favorite website in the world, tnachat.com.
1: I heard they have anniversary billing now.
0: Oh, they do! Yeah, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You, you When you sign up is when you'll renew, so if you sign up when this goes up today, in the middle of October, you'll renew in the middle of November. It's, which means all the people, and it happened more often than I cared for, that a bunch of people would sign up for it at the very end of the month. And I'm like, no, no, we're gonna charge you again, fair enough, money. And I'm, but also- and I'm
1: sitting there like, yes, yes! <laughs>
0: I was like, no, just wait a few days and then trap. you won't be charged. But it's like, no, we have anniversary billing now, so if you, whenever you sign up, you'll be charged the, the month after that. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. You can head to patreon.com slash kiddingme, where you can get our watch-alongs, where you can get yeah. our entire ring Cat king series, where wow. you can get our entire Global Force Resting series finished, Oof. where you can get our entire uh, Monday Night War series. Oh, that was a thing that one was fun things were bad 14 episodes of ring cock king i think 10 episodes of monday Night wars four episodes of gfw starting next weekend we'll be starting <laughs> yes. our wrestling society x
1: series Man, that's some real sicko shit
0: which Liam was very excited for we all we've also done drafts of the end of year every year we've done best of year, end of year awards rain takers rain takers yes our ongoing series covering new japan from 10 years ago we covered that Chris Rock movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we did the Chris Rock movie. We did a watch-along of a WrestleMania in there somewhere. So all of that, I think we have over 70 or maybe even 80 at this stage, pieces of exclusive audio. Which
1: isn't bad for like how long we've been around.
0: Yeah, it's more than one a week, give or take.
1: That's some good value right there.
0: Patreon.com slash me or tnachat.com for all your favorite extra Garrett and Liam content. We appreciate any support you can give.
1: And as we we head into the the fun era of the monthly pay per views. Uh, the do...
0: golden age, some would argue. Yeah, and um,
1: you know, that's fun stuff.
0: As we move into what some might call I mean, me, the best year in company history, two
1: thousand five. Yeah, so Garrett keeps telling me that two thousand five is like, yeah, just wait to two thousand five. It's a good year, good year. And then like everyone else just looks at me like don't don't fall for it. Don't listen to this man. He He's leading you astray. So I have, like, two very different sides as I head into this year.
0: Who is the other side counteracting my siren song? One Rich Kreish. No, Rich says it's good. It's just TNA. <laughs> no, he keeps going, don't believe him. It's the best year in company history. Just that Rich got so mad that Monty didn't win the title that he stopped watching like a giant baby. <laughs>
1: Yeah, who, who would stop watching wrestling when they don't do the obvious thing that they should do?
0: Let's get into August 04 with the first story that you will be very, very excited for. Weekly pay-per-views are dead, Liam.
1: I mean, about fucking time.
0: At the start of the month, the word within the cable industry is that TNA officials are strongly considering the idea of abandoning the Wednesday night pay-per-view format. <laughs> in
1: I love the cable industry. I, I really hope the cable industry has like their own dirt sheets.
0: Where like Direct TV is like you know TNA are thinking about going to Sundays as opposed to those those weekly Wednesdays, huh?
1: And there's someone who's like got their their subscription to Cable Observer, and they're just like, ooh, got to post these screenshots to Twitter without giving credit.
0: <laughs> In favor of producing monthly events on Sunday nights, TNA has yet to clear this plan with its distributor In Demand, but that doesn't appear to be a concern. In Demand are like they're doing no numbers. We don't care. They're like
1: do whatever you want, man.
0: Among the main motivations behind the move is the feeling that DirecTV officials have given up on the weekly concept. They have, so TNA. But wouldn't be more likely to carry TNA events if they were held monthly in the traditional Sunday night time slot. There are still other issues the company need to work out within demand, particularly how much the satellite company is owed because TNA failed to meet its number of weekly buys that were guaranteed in the contract because they're doing as low as 6000 a week now. But they think if they move to a, a monthly pay-per-view at 29 bucks, they could potentially make make more money than the weeklies do. Then the following week, they officially announced that details of TNA's plans for a major overhaul of their business model continue to become known despite no official announcements. September 8th will be the final live weekly pay-per-view. <laughs> it's the end of an era. They'll be running best ofs for the rest of the month. October will be dark, other than Impact, of course, and then November... Seventh, I believe, was the official date. Will be the first monthly pay per view. So you'll just have impacts in October. Uh, it's over Leon. Oh my
1: god, what a show that, that's going to be! We'll get that done in like twelve seconds.
0: We—it's the end of an era. They do to intend to move toward more competitive matches on Impact after the week the pay per views are over. But yeah, it's—it's it's the end of the Nashville era. We're coming up on it. The next month will be the end of the Nashville era.
1: Um, I don't know. Rest and piss. <laughs> What do you want from me? I don't... I have... I have no love for this era.
0: You have no nostalgia for the asylum?
1: You think I'm gonna come here and lament this decision? No, this is the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> it's not fun. I don't like it.
0: You'll be, like, like pining for Lollipop dancing in her cage.
1: And I got rid of that eons ago. I've moved on.
0: You'll be thinking about all your sex memories.
1: I didn't remember... I did, uh... did have a brief sex <laughs> memory. As, um they used the sex theme song in one of the openers for the the TV this uh, this month so i was like oh it's been a while since i've heard that
0: just to bring back some nostalgia for you
1: yeah i, I there was a sign that was like please don't sell out <laughs> nashville <laughs> and i was like fuck off
0: <laughs> cuz this is second week of the month or like the the plans leaked officially that like the the last nashville show will be in september and I feel like the Nashville reactions, which weren't great in the first place, just tanked after that. They were like, "You're leaving us. We don't care anymore."
1: Big uh, full cell chanting uh, that they want to get the takeovers back.
0: And like, there's still a bunch of rumors about where they'll hold the monthly pay per views. Uh, I think that Dave has that like they they might be considering doing like every few in Nashville. And there's like a big. Push from Jarrett, we'll talk about in a sec, where he wants the pay per views in, in Nashville, but they're like, nah, Orlando, we're moving, we're moving base, everything's in Orlando now.
1: And they talked about doing the house shows, so it's like you could still run some some house shows in Nashville. Mm. That's the thing that I, I find interesting is like how their touring schedule, like stops. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing the development of like, because to my understanding, it's but ba- it's basically just Florida now, right? Pretty much. So like. I feel like maybe that's a misstep. I feel like you could get away with still doing like shows in Nashville that just aren't on TV. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's just too much effort.
0: In terms of televised events, there's not another televised event outside of Orlando until Banff Glory 06. So we're in Orlando for a couple of years. They you start doing house shows in 5 well,
1: That makes sense then. But that's, it's going to be an interesting uh, development as we see how the company's schedule changes.
0: If they can double the buy rate for the Sunday show compared to their weekly pay-per-views at the higher price point, they can break even and even make a small profit. Uh, with a weekly budget of 100 grand a week for their current pay per views, they can cut out 250,000 of that by running in, in the the monthly pay per view instead. TNA is also banking on cable companies getting behind more traditional Sunday night format, remembering the glory days of the WCW versus WWF war. TNA will also move out of Nashville entirely, taping Impact for Fox Sports Net on Tuesdays now rather than Thursdays in Orlando, and may even start doing double headers, taping two at once as opposed to taping every week. So that's, that's a big issue for talent, because as it is now, talent usually get about four to ten dates a month from TNA. They get like impact every week in the pay-per-view every week, and depending how many there are a month, that's how many they get. If they cut away the pay-per-views from four to one, they're losing three in paydays. If they're cutting impacts down from taping four times a month to twice a month, that's another two. So they're suddenly gone from working eight to ten times a month to working three times a month for TNA, and suddenly talent are making a lot less money from TNA.
1: You know, that sucks, but I don't want to watch these shows, so (laughs) sorry! (laughs) I guess like the trade-off here is that, like, I don't know where the current stance is of TNA controlling their indie bookings, but... That needs to be given completely back to the workers at this point.
0: Mm, when you're like, uh, suddenly we're not only cutting it, it's not even in half, it's down to a third of the dates we were giving you. Just take your indie dates, we we can't tell you not to work Ring of Honor anymore.
1: But also, like, we're not going to take that percentage from your indie dates anymore.
0: <laughs> uh, I think the companies still need that, so <laughs> that's probably not going to no. happen.
1: That that the, needs to be some consideration put into place here is like we're going to you're gonna earn a lot less money, so maybe you have more control of your outside
0: bookings. Uh, the reason September eight is the date with fate is they were scheduled for a two week hiatus after that because of the state fair anyway. So they're like, let's just do that, and we're gone. Peace out, suckers. It's we'll never see you so again. So
1: funny that they always took the backseat to the state
0: fair. Listen, you, you can't usurp the Nashville State Fair. It's 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 world famous.
1: They should be running at the Nashville State Fair. I've seen Heels. That was their giant show <laughs> in the climax of
0: Heels. You would have done your best number.
1: Yeah, they did crazy. They did like 50,000 people in that Heels episode.
0: Wow, a shoot 50,000 for Steven Amell's wrestling promotion?
1: Yeah, it was brother versus brother versus wild Bill in a ladder match. I haven't
0: watched any of Heels.
1: What the fuck is wrong with you? Heels rocks. Season 2, coming soon.
0: I'm clearly just a hater of heels. I'm more If it was a babyface show, I'd watch it.
1: Ah, that's, that's the thing. The babyface is a heel, and the heels are the babyfaces. <laughs>
0: Wrestling. I hope that the hashtag for heels is hashtag heels.
1: <laughs> it should be. <laughs> uh, have you... Well, you should have been watching it, because they had TNA footage in it.
0: Oh no. yeah, they do. The rival promotion's TNA.
1: Yeah. They had Abyss taken, like, barbed wire, and they were like, look at this garbage wrestling happening down in Florida.
0: So, speaking of garbage wrestling in Florida, Jeff Jarrett apparently fought hard to keep some (laughs) shows in Nashville. Specifically, Jarrett lives in the area and tried to convince Carter to hold monthly pay-per-views, but she's like, nope, we're going to Florida. There is said to be some friction between Carter and Jarrett over this move, but nothing that can't be worked out.
1: I wouldn't mind if they, like, uh, alternated between the two for pay-per-views. Mm. I mean, just, like, you know, it gets a bit tiresome visually when every show looks the same. So, I wouldn't mind if you started swapping out buildings for the big shows.
0: On the flip side, the asylum's a bad-looking building. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but...
1: If you're running it, like, once every two months, you could probably go for something a bit bigger.
0: Uh, this is one to keep our eye on for the rest of TNA history. Observers say that <laughs> while Jarrett and Dixie have had their share of disagreements in recent weeks, there is no sign that their relationship has fallen apart. Rester says it appears that TNA upper management keep Dixie very well insulated from criticism, and even when Dixie lets them know that she didn't care for one of the shows, she is quickly reminded that she doesn't understand the wrestling business, as huh. well as the Jarrett's and other officials do.
1: Listen here, toots. Don't give your opinion on their wrestling shows. Let the men do the men business.
0: And like, there surely reaches a stage where she's like, we're giving away tickets for every show, and we're drawing 6,000 pay-per-view buys every week for a tenor. How well do these people know the wrestling business?
1: And Jeff Jarrett hasn't followed me on Twitter yet.
0: And that's the biggest metric, and he might be like, mm. Dixie. I don't know what Twitter is, and she's like,
1: <laughs> that sounded like my Dixie impression.
0: I see they're both like you. You just go to southern accent for both, and I'm like, I, I can't quite do like the Dixie. I, I tried to put an affect on it, but no, sorry. Well, Dixie, <laughs> that's I did Jerry. <laughs> this is way too deep. It's way too deep for Jeff. Uh,
1: I can do Jerry. We've learned at least. <laughs> Jerry looking good, by the way. Saw him on the on the Tales from the Territory show. Man's man's hanging in there, looking well.
0: Oh yeah, and he was on the the Ric Flair's last match show as well. It's nice to see him.
1: Nice to see Jerry uh, making his his face known again.
0: Getting all his credit for NWATNA.
1: and for uh, Memphis, apparently.
0: Yeah, but surely Dixie's like these guys. They they don't know wrestling. <laughs> They're full of shit. Yeah,
1: it's clearly not working. So. You can't blame her for being like, maybe Vince is the one, because mm. it clearly isn't working when it's not Vince.
0: More than one wrestler has countered that claim by pointing out that while Dixie may not have as much experience in the wrestling business as some of her employees do, she is a wrestling fan, and her views on booking isn't that far off from how other fans see the show. So she's bored out of her mind, too.
1: Yeah. Dixie is, was basically the TK if TK didn't have full booking power. Mm. Was there ever a time in TNA when Dixie just did have full booking power? I'm curious if what what the Dixie Carter shows would look like.
0: Dixie was never a booker. She probably, she, like, influenced decisions and she probably came in with uh, edicts. I know for a fact she did in 2012 in terms of who should main event that band for Glory. She, it was apparently a Dixie call that, like, she's like, Jeff Hardy's main eventing that show.
1: Well, that's, that seems like a good show. I mean, that seems like a good choice. Maybe Dixie should have been given this book.
0: Well, like the problem was they were building the Storm and Root thing, and there's like Jeff Hardy's main inventing this show. But also, they 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 were already switched to Aries at that stage anyway. So,
1: so you know, I don't know I would have liked to have seen the Dixie era.
0: <laughs> What's Dixie's vision of wrestling?
1: Yeah, what if Dixie's vision of wrestling was just like dynamite?
0: <laughs> Dixie, I I literally can't imagine Dixie sitting down to write a wrestling show. <laughs> She's like, and then we'll have Abyss versus Brother Devon.
1: Devon then... <laughs> over clean in ten minutes.
0: <laughs> I just, I cannot picture that. I cannot picture that woman sitting down even caring the single amount about that.
1: Just formatting the show.
0: Yeah, it's like,
1: all right, we need a vignette for Jeff Hardy. <laughs>
0: Getting really pumped about this Alex Shelley versus Austin Aries match She's booked.
1: It's even funnier if, like, yeah, she's like, alright, we got Roderick Strong in for three weeks, let's put him against Alex Shelley. <laughs> That'll be a great work rate match.
0: <laughs> the internet fans will love that one.
1: The Sheets will love that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh... We should um, get Dixie on the show and get her to fantasy book a card. Let's get her on the draft. Let's get her on the draft episode.
0: They leave like the Jim Cornette books so-and-so year of a company. It's like Dixie Carter books 2012 TNA.
1: Yes. All right, Dixie. Outstanding invite.
0: Jeff Jarrett held several talent meetings with various groups of wrestlers prior to the pay-per-view last Wednesday, this is like the third week of the month, to inform them of the company switch from weekly pay-per-views to monthly events. There was a bit of a lag there because it got out in the media before they actually informed talent, which is never ideal, tell your talent (laughs) things for the love of God. but
1: Evergreen statement.
0: I know and many wrestlers are understandably concerned because they will be losing three dates per month and maybe two more if the company decides to tape Impact on a bi-weekly basis. Then again, not all of them were working every Impact taping, and it wasn't long ago that there were only four dates a month. Like this current setup has only been since June, so the the, the good the good days didn't last in terms of the paydays they were getting from TNA. <laughs> yeah, ah, uh,
1: listen. I mean, I don't know. I'm into it. Like, I, I want to know like how many of the wrestlers thought this was actually going to be good for the product though.
0: I'd, I'd imagine most of them are the exact same as us sitting here being like, these shows are stretched too thin, there is not enough content for eight shows a month, and it's just resulting in some of the most boring nothing-happening TV you'll see in a long, old while. And I think a lot of them would be like, it's probably better off if we're running less shows and building to one destination point.
1: And they also mentioned how like they prefer the impact shows in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause, well, part of it is because the crowds are hotter, which may not be the case this month, but... Yeah. Because that crowd has been given nothing for two months, so of course they're like, all right, I'll just sit here and watch my freaking Jeff Hardy squash match where he does nothing and hits a swanton.
1: Garrett, I have breaking New Japan news.
0: What's your breaking New Japan news?
1: I believe the King of Pro Wrestling title has been destroyed. Oh, no! We may have seen the end of the KOPW.
0: Leave the memories alone.
1: As El Phantasmo jumped on it and it exploded everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good as good a write-off for a belt as any, I guess.
1: Much like the write-off for the NWATNA weekly pay-per-view. <laughs> uh,
0: we have a Dixie quote here, Liam, if you'd like to read it.
1: Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> In two short years, TNA has leveraged a successful Wednesday night weekly pay-per-views to take the company from a virtually unknown entity to the most recognized new wrestling alternative for fans around the world,
0: says Dixie Carter, president of TNA Entertainment.
1: As we continue to grow company across all platforms and take advantage and respond to the ever-changing cable and satellite marketplace, we strongly believe the move to our monthly pay-per-view event format will be another positive step in establishing ourselves as a serious contender in our industry. Gardner added. This change in business strategy has been very well received by our pay-per-view partners. Please follow me on Twitter.
0: So like, there's not much there. It's it's the classics like, oh, the industry is changing and we're changing with it, even though this weekly pay-per-view format never worked and would never work.
1: I think it's also like, it's, it's big corporate speak of like, we're doing something which could be perceived as bad, but we're going to frame it as like this great decision that everyone's going to love.
0: Yeah, that's the best natural next step for the company, because the first two years were so successful, and now this is going to become more successful. This is what the two years were building toward, of course. Not that the monthly pay-per-view model never really worked, it never got off the ground. They only had a a few real hits in the era, and now they're trying to move to something else.
1: Mm. But, you know, good!
0: (laughs) For the 20th time that I can say it. Speaking of random things that probably got misinterpreted, at the August 18th show, the word backstage was spreading that TNA might indeed be launching a two-hour primetime show to help promote their monthly pay-per-views beginning in November. During the pre-show locker room meeting, Jerry Lynn stood up and asked whether Jeff Jarrett is considering adding a second hour to Impact, given they're getting rid of the two-hour show. And Jarrett said, I'm way ahead of you.
1: I'm way ahead of you, Jerry. Jerry, I'm way ahead of you, Jerry! (laughs)
0: <laughs> One quote wrestler quoted Jared as saying, which feels like a thing he said to, to like, again, positive spin things, and then it got out. was like, oh, they're, they're thinking about it another hour to impact.
1: I think it's his way of saying, shut the fuck up, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't even want to do this goddamn meeting.
0: So yeah, there you go. We'll talk about this more uh, next month, of course, because that's when the actual asylum shows come to an end. So we'll do a bit of a retrospective on the asylum era, Not that there's anything <laughs> we haven't said already at this stage.
1: Can't wait to say some real positive bullshit about it. <laughs>
0: but but September eighth will be the final asylum show, and of course, the, the, this will be the, the September will be the last episode we cover month by month. So uh, as you've noticed, the po- format of this podcast has been we'll we'll do a month. We're talking about August this month, or starting from the October-November episode, we'll be talking about pay-per-view by pay-per-view. So that October-November episode will build up to Victory Road, December episode will build up to Turning Point, January episode will build up as far as Final Resolution, so on, so forth.
1: <laughs> You've definitely told me this before, but I definitely did not remember that we were doing that. And I was like, oh shit, let's go!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've said that to you like three different times, but...
1: Yeah, I don't remember. That was like 4 years ago when we started this.
0: <laughs> it just it just makes a lot more sense to cover instead of doing half a pay-per-view build, a pay-per-view and half a pay-per-view build. We'll just do the pay-per-view builds. That makes... It's it, it, it's a lot cleaner. Yeah, sure. TNA's working agreements are kind of on the rocks, both of them. Whatever working agreement was formed between TNA and Carlos Colon of World Wrestling Council appears to have fizzled out before it even started. Although IWA Booker, Savio Vega, and Dutch Montel are still not on the best terms, it wouldn't be surprising to see TNA attempt to make a working relationship with Puerto Rico's top promotion.
1: Please say the next line as flat as possible.
0: The business relationship with AAA and Antonio Pena fell apart.
1: Aww. Oh.
0: As noted for months, it has been hanging by a thread, particularly when Amaranto Quintero had to book minis independently at the last minute for the anniversary show after AAA screwed up. No reason was given for the breakup other than the general impossibility of doing business with Pena (laughs) and his frequent promises to come to Nashville or Orlando to talk about projects and then not showing up at the very last minute. So, AAA relationship dead in the water does there still like you still get la parka it's not the triple a la parka because this is the year where it's la park and there's a triple a la parka but it's the it's the it's the good la park
1: according to uh, uh mike Tenay, it's la Parc.
0: yeah sorry la park
1: <laughs> which like i had to like double check i was like wait what would he say <laughs> la Parc?
0: he was la Parca. So, I guess, when he's gotten rid of the A at first, he was just like, it's La Park instead of L.A. Park.
1: L.A. Park is so much cooler though.
0: Mmm, so it is is—it is the real deal, though, not the fake one. We'll see the fake one in, like, 2018,
1: TNA. I feel bad for the fake one, because the fake one was also extremely over and good.
0: Mmm, <laughs> and you also get psychosis this month, so you, you do still get some Mexican wrestlers on the show this month. Hell Yeah. Even with the collapse of the relationship with AAA, which does get repaired on and off a number of times throughout TNA history. They were talking about doing a joint pay-per-view in San Diego at some stage, but then he he just stopped coming to talk about it. (laughs) And they were supposed to trade talent back and forth, and TNA was bringing in Pena's guys at good money, while Pena would only bring in Abyss. Uh, So there's a lot of problems either side someone close to the situation believes Pena did this on purpose as he didn't want a repeat of the mid 90s where he developed whole crew of superstars and then they started to get over in the US and he lost the top ones even though TNA hadn't used Hector Garza suddenly Garza decided he could make better money and be paid on time and didn't feel like being under Pena's thumb and quit though we'll see more of Hector Garza soon enough in TNA too. fuck yeah Speaking of people, we'll see more of in TNA soon, and also less of. Brian Spanky Kendrick was backstage at one of TNA's events, and sources believe he will debut in the company and maybe as soon as the X-Division gauntlet, which didn't quite work out, but he will be there as soon as a different X-Division gauntlet coming up soon.
1: Uh, I don't know, am I, 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 am I allowed to be excited for this now?
0: <laughs> no, that would make you anti-se- Damn anti-Semitic and racist and whatever else Brian Kendrick spewed out in his drug-addled brain.
1: I mean, but, like, who's surprised? <laughs> Anyone ever seen that those Lond- London and Kendrick shoot interviews? <laughs> I was, like, eight and I saw those, okay, man?
0: He was exposing you to all kinds of worldviews.
1: Yeah. I knew that he was crazy when he started talking about ghosts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, this man's something rocker.
0: The Ghosts? That's your breaking point with Brian Kendrick?
1: Yeah, but that was, like, the first thing he said that came out of his mouth. I was like, all right, this man's, this man's cannot be trusted
0: (laughs) wow somebody doesn't believe in ghosts over here i don't believe in ghosts no neither do i i love ghost shows i'm not not
1: a i'm not a child
0: (laughs) i absolutely love ghost shows i don't believe in ghosts they're not real but i love watching people fumble around in the dark and be like there's a mild bump as the building settles and they're like
1: oh what was that yeah have they never lived in like an old house before it just goes cronk out of nowhere (laughs)
0: Yeah, had, not even old houses. Even like new houses do that because like the building is warm during the day, and as it cools down at night, it, it expands and contracts and makes clocking noises. And there are like, ghosts. And they're like,
1: "Please speak to me." <laughs> <laughs> Let Voices from <thrums> are beyond. <laughs> speak to me about your ratings for Jason Cross versus <laughs> AJ Styles from Impact Number Ten.
0: It was okay! <laughs> it's the ghost of Jason Cross's career. Aww. Fox Sports is not dictating how much wrestling TNA should air each week. Basically, they don't care. There is some speculation that network executives have instructed TNA officials to limit the amount of talking and out-of-ring angles that take place in the show, but one industry source says that's not the case. They're paying for that time slot so they can do whatever they want with it, it any reason.
1: They should do a live sex celebration. It did great numbers for the WWE.
0: I like how like there's a lot of speculation as like what do Fox Sports want out of this? Uh how are they feeling? It's like, money clears, we happy.
1: <laughs> I think most of the time the networks are just like, yeah, whatever, man. Don't don't tank your ratings completely and we're fine. And in this case, they don't even need to do that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'll just clear the check, baby.
0: Yeah. And, and like, there is some uh, instances in TNA history where, it's like, where they're like, stop hitting women. Stop it. We don't like it.
1: Oh yeah, get them out of those cages.
0: But no, there's, like, there's a, an incident in 2007 where Tracy Brooks gets hit, gets hit with a guitar, and for the longest time, it's like, men can no longer touch women on this television show.
1: <laughs> well, fucking, maybe that's good. They really fucking default to that. Mm. And it gets the most over thing on every show, because wrestling fans are terrible.
0: Yeah, Jerry Lynn hits uh, Tracy with an air rate crash and the crowd go absolutely wild at one stage this month. Yeah. Uh, here's a, a wacky alternate feature that might have happened. Mike the Miz, the reality star at WWE recently contacted, was one of the names Johnny Fairplay suggested as an opponent for his reality television challenge that never came to fruition.
1: Mike the Miz could have been an independent TV darling.
0: Imagine... A Johnny Fairplay versus the, the Miz match in 2004,
1: TNA. But, like, just imagine, like, The Miz with, like, sheet credibility. <laughs> what a weird alternate reality.
0: I don't think he'd have sheet credibility even if he
1: did the match, Liam. <laughs> what if he stood, like, stood in TNA for, like, six years and it was AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, The Miz, TNA Legends.
0: No, 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 no. I refuse to accept this alternate reality.
1: I'm going to will this alternate reality into existence. I'm going to use every ounce of brain power and grey matter that I own to make this a
0: reality. Oh, Brian Kendricks is over here. Oh, no. Vince Russo is no longer an active member on the TNA creative team and hasn't been for some time now.
1: And apparently that's a negative.
0: Jeff Jarrett and Dutch Mantel are handling the bulk of booking duties, although Jerry Jarrett is a regular voice in his son's ear. Russo is still with the company as a talent and produces backstage vignettes, but he is no longer involved in the creative writing process.
1: I hate to give Vince Russo any credit, but, um, <laughs> you know, these shows have sucked. But also, uh, I want to do the Fortnite L on the head dance uh, at every Vince Russo foible. So, fuck you, but I miss you. <laughs> Uh, like I'm glad things are looking down for you, but I do wish you were in charge.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm ha- I'm happy for
0: your lack of success, but I also wish that you had success. There is like there is the middle ground where he he chips in and has some nice ideas, and the show gets more interesting.
1: They should just have Russo and Cornet fifty fifty booking the show,
0: <laughs> or it's just them. It's like they come out of a room after three days, like battered, bruised, bloody, but they have a television format.
1: And it's the best show you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> I'd say, like, if you could really get those two to hammer it out. Like, like, put them in a room and be like, write a television show. And you, like, they were willing to do that and willing to do, like, the full go the full rounds with each other, they'd probably produce a pretty good TV show.
1: Again, I would use every grey matter and fibre of my being to to make this a reality. They should do that in 2022. They should combine their gimmicks of hating modern wrestling and form it into a new company where they worked together.
0: That would be a twist. With Jeff Jarrett?
1: That would, like, randomly garner some interest, too. You know that people would be like, alright, I gotta watch the Vince Russo, Jim Cornette promotion. Mm. Freddie Prince Jr. should bring them both in.
0: The creative team's answer to anyone who has asked why there are so many squash matches and impact is that they feel it's best to get over the character's Jeff Jarrett's reputation as a booker is that he can't handle objective criticism and doesn't take well to say storyline suggestions. Most of the wrestlers have simply trolled their hands up and now just do as they are told, as there is a better chance that they will be punished for daring to make a suggestion than there is their ideas will actually be used.
1: That's awesome. See, my thing with these Impact Shows is I don't mind the squashes. I just wish it was formatted differently. I wish we had banger, opener, squash, 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 decent main event, and I'd be happy.
0: As opposed to the squash, 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 forgettable main event?
1: Yeah. Like, that. if that wasn't the format of the show, it'd be fine. I, I, Especially on an hour-long show, I don't mind having a bunch of squash matches. It is hilarious to watch, like, a 44-minute show, and then I go to the sheets, and it list, like, seven matches, and you're like, how the fuck do you fit all that in?
0: <laughs> there is times where I'm like, this show is 20 minutes in, and we're on match number five.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that is a remarkable effort.
0: So, I think... Like, we've watched all of GFW for Patreon now. We've watched all of Ring King for Patreon now. And we've watched all of Asylum Era TNA, nearly. You
1: want us to rank them. best the worst?
0: I would go Ka King, NWA Ring King is one! Ring King wrestling. is the best of the three! <laughs> it is. It's the most interesting of the three.
1: If it had, like, the wrestlers of NWA TNA, like, that would be the, the twist.
0: Mm. But, like, Jarrett's... Pro wrestling creative instincts. Like we've watched pretty much all of his directly influenced products. How are you feeling about Jeff Jarrett as a wrestling creative? Um, because I'll I'll start with a hot take. He stinks. He's not good.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't. Oof. Oof. I think I think there's a good skeleton there. Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's a good skeleton for a pro wrestling mind there. I just think that there's no meat on it.
0: He needs an ideas guy.
1: Yeah, he needs someone to add that flavor to it. It's like, um, like he can, he can, he can boil the chicken. All right. But there's no one there throwing spice in. There's no, like that's, the, he needs a spice guy. Yeah. And Dutch isn't a spice guy. Arguably, in a crazy, like, <laughs> thing that we've worked out, both Russo and Jerry are good spice guys for him. Mm hmm. Because I think the Jerry months were good. It's just him by himself. You, like It's sustenance. It is a wrestling show that exists. You'll get some protein out of it. But um, you probably enjoy it the first time you have it. Uh, but when you have it twice a week, every week, month after month after month, you eventually get sick of the boiled chicken.
0: It's true. You really, you really got the, the most out of that cooking metaphor there.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but yeah, like I don't know. He, he I think yeah, he's good, he got a good base for things, but he needs someone to add that flair to it.
0: Woo! <laughs> when it's just him, it is just it's 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 nothing. It's just nothing. It, like it, you, you cannot feel strong emotions about his vision of pro wrestling. It is very simple. It's very by the numbers, and, and in some ways, not not in a bad way at times. But then, as you said. Just when you keep watching that, it's like, you're just begging, give me a good match, give me a good angle, and, give me a good problem, give me anything from these shows. And Garrett, if you don't want food that's by the numbers,
1: you can go to hellofresh.com forward slash V-O-W to get 16 weeks free!
0: Let me check, are we actually doing an ad read this week? <laughs> Unfortunately, we do not have a HelloFresh ad this week. <laughs> no. No. HelloFresh could have that one for free.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it is 16 meals free. I just, I guessed. There's some sort of great discount.
0: Uh, Russo wrote to the Wrestling Observer because Dave is constantly skeptical that Russo is actually gone. Every for some week, reason like,
1: when you said that, I thought you said Roosh. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Roosh wrote into the Wrestling Observer about NWA TMA.
0: Yeah, he's giving his review. He's like, I love that psychosis guy. I'm going to fuck up that L.A. Park guy in a few years. Vince Russo sent us a letter, to Us Being Wrestling Observer, saying he's been off-creative for the past three, four weeks. The company had portrayed him as being off-creative for much longer. He said until that time, he used to go back to Tennessee after the Florida tapings and stay with Jarrett and Dutch on Fridays, but hasn't done it in a while. He asked Jarrett to take him off-creative. He said it's true he did do the D'Lo Brown bit a few weeks ago.
1: Well, 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 Garrett. Your favourite segment of the
0: year was a Vince Russo joint. <laughs> to be fair, it was meant to set up a heel turn, but you know that those vignettes you've been seeing, Eric, <laughs> that have like that, that boo music with there's a dude no appearing? fucking way that's d That's a heel D-Lo.
1: <laughs> Fuck you, there's no way. That's like show. That's <laughs> like show Tanaka.
0: That never goes anywhere, but yeah, those are the of have airing. We haven't mentioned them, but they're weird. Like he's in a blue room wearing this fancy gear I with like dance music.
1: I assumed it was some European for sure.
0: Nah, that was meant to be DLo.
1: That's so that's so funny.
0: But the crux of this message to Dave is that his heart's not in it anymore. He 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 just he just doesn't care. He lost
1: his smile.
0: Well, no, he's trying to become a minister, so he just he doesn't Tell give a shit about wrestling. A
1: lie that you won't go. No more yesterdays.
0: And if you watch him on the show, you, you see he doesn't care. You see it. You see it in the man's eyes. And also his mopey facial expressions.
1: But that's the character. Um, the, the thing about it is, they now have like an on-screen replacement for him too. Like, just write him off. Send him home.
0: Well, that's what—that's ultimately what they're doing. That's where the Dusty and, and Russo stuff goes. It's the, the, toward the demise of Vinnie Roo. Oh, Dusty could be the spice.
1: A Dusty book.
0: Oh, what a good idea. Maybe Dixie will do that.
1: Ha ha ha. See? I knew it. I, I I put it out there and you fucking just out of
0: park, you know? Out of LA Park. It is now August <laughs> and there is no end in sight to Please the direct Please vote for us TV's. in the Voices
1: of Wrestling End of Year Podcast Awards. <laughs>
0: Stalemate. Nobody knows exactly what has kept the deal from being put back together, but the costs the coming roughly... 18 to 25% a week. Uh, I think that's probably the thing that pushed TNA into being like, let's just go monthly because I think DirecTV will be more interested and they hate these weekly pay per views. There's been a lot of heat on Frank Romano in the office for his inability to get the deal done, as even if DirecTV offers less favorable terms, TNA needs DirecTV far more than DirecTV needs TNA. Wow. Deep. And the last note for the month is a pretty exciting one. David Sahadi, a former TV mm-hmm. producer with WWE, has joined TNA. He was tight with Jeff Jarrett when both were in WWE. Jeff Jarrett is very high in his work, as were many inside WWE, so expect TNA production values to go up considerably in terms of produced features and videos. <gasps> the show looking good? Now, fair play to JB for a dude with no experience, for a dude who, like, literally just opened Premiere on his laptop and started producing all the videos. Yeah. It's been pretty good. It's, it hasn't been awful. And he runs
1: NXT now, so <laughs>
0: fucking man did well. So yeah, the JV production era serviceable, got the job done, but you will notice a stark improvement in the quality of video on these shows with the arrival of Do David Do we know Hattie.
1: what show that happens on?
0: Uh, you'll see it more, more in the next couple of months. Like You will watch the Victory Road opening video and be like, fuck.
1: Okay, I'm looking forward to this.
0: Because this is around the time they start bringing in Barry Scott as well, the, the famous TNA deep voice guy. TNA wrestling,
1: cross the line,
0: and that just like he he is as indelible part part of TNA as Mike Dunay and Don West and Jerry Borash and all these like like foundational parts. Barry Scott is right there with all of them.
1: Shoutouts to Deadlock, you know. Like, I don't know if it's the same guy, but they had the, like, we need a deep voice guy to go,
0: welcome everybody. And every time it goes off, I'm like, yeah, I'm like fist bump in the air. Well, Liam, if you had listened to our entire 20th anniversary <gasps> episode, you'll remember John mentioned hoping he could get Barry to do that, but Barry passed away.
1: I did remember that. That's why I wasn't, that's why I didn't say it was the guy, even though that would have been a better story. Mm. Go listen to all those things on YouTube, by the way. Those things are very good. And all the individual ones are up.
0: All the individual segments for our 20th anniversary episode are up on YouTube, where you can listen to the full episode in the podcast feed.
1: Evergreen content!
0: If you skipped over it, thinking this isn't a regular episode of the show, you should go back and listen to it. It was a good episode. (laughs) That brings us to broad topics. We'll start with everyone's favourite storyline, Vince Russo and Dusty Rhodes, which is undeniably the main event programme in this company at the moment. Yeah. So if you remember, there's a whole bunch of drama because Dusty gave Jeff Hardy a title shot and Vince Russo's not happy that Dusty gave Jeff Hardy a title shot even though Jeff Hardy earned his title shot by beating Monty Brown. And
1: because, like, Vince said, do whatever it takes to get their contract signed. And he offered him a very reasonable thing of a title match.
0: Which is... In TNA precedent, D'Lo Brown was offered the same deal, if you remember, Liam. Yeah, Vincent. D'Lo came in with a promised NWA title match, so there, there is precedent for this. But so the, the the entire month, the entire month is Vince Russo and Dusty being mad at each other.
1: and And doing the same segment.
0: Over and over again. So, NWATN, I pay number 106, August 4th. It opens with Scott Hudson uh, meeting Dusty Rhodes outside as he arrives. And Dusty's like, I smooth things over with, with, with Vince Russo, daddy. And I'm going to be named to the championship committee today, daddy. Because Vince Russo's naming his new championship committee. David Young walks by being like, Vince Russo fired me. I'm sad. And Dusty's like, <laughs> whatever.
1: Dusty's like, I don't care. <laughs> I got a job for life, daddy.
0: So then later in the show, Russo's announcing his brand new championship committee. And it's a lot like when Russo was announcing that AJ Styles would face Jeff Jarrett. You had uh, Raven sitting backstage looking at the monitor, super excited at that time. This time it's Dusty backstage uh, looking at the monitor, being super excited. He's like, he's going to announce me on the championship committee.
1: He's hanging out with AMW. They're just, they're just boys hanging out, ready for the announcement.
0: Mm-hmm. Russo's doing his freaking same old, same old. It's like, I'm a changed man. I am inner peace. I'm doing the right thing. I'm not going anywhere. Crowd boos. <laughs> so he names his championship committee, which is Larry Zbysko, Harley Race, and Dusty's like, it's gonna be me, it's gonna be me. And then he names Terry Funk as the third man, who is actually never seen in TNA. He's, he's on the championship committee he's never seen.
1: That's fine. I hope they're paying him just to use his name.
0: Mm-hmm. Dusty's real man. He comes out. He's like, I delivered Jeff Hardy to you. Why are you still mad at me? And Russo's like, You shouldn't have given him a title shot. Even though, again, he earned the title shot. He beat Monty Brown. He earned the title shot.
1: Well, he got the title shot before that. Like, he was promised the title shot, and then he had to defend the title shot against Monty.
0: Yeah, but he still earned it.
1: Yeah, like, it was. Vince is mad on principle, not on what happened.
0: So they're talking forever, so of course, what happens when two people have been talking forever? Jeff Jarrett appears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jarrett's like, look at you, Dusty, you're on the outside looking in. This is very funny, because Jarrett's trying to look into the eyes of Dusty while cutting this promo, but Dusty is pacing back and forth up and down the ring doing a giant strut, and you can tell Jarrett's a little frustrated because he has to like match Dusty stride for stride to continue to look in his eyes. It's good stuff.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, Jarrett just looked pissed off in his promo entirely. Like, Dusty would cut him off, and he's like, shut up, man, let me
0: speak. So Dusty starts strutting, Jarrett tries to cut his promo, they get into it, Hardy runs out, Dusty goes to hit Jarrett with a guitar, Monty pounces him, Truth comes out to make the save, as Truth and Hardy stand tall. Woohoo. There's going to be so many more of these segments. A little Jeff Hardy note, Jeff Hardy surprised several co-workers by showing up early for for both the pay-per-view and Impact tapings, and also, by all accounts, he's not only fitting in with TNA Masters now, but he's telling people he's really enjoying participating in the wrestling business again, and that TNA management is giving him more incentive to build around him, whereas early shows there was concerns about his commitment.
1: He's hanging out with Kaz. He's like, Kaz is the coolest. I love being here.
0: The current Ted 2022 X Division champion is a good influence. NWA hmm. NWAT Baby number 107. We open with a three live crew match against Team Canada. Or Team Canada won with a hockey stick, but then Dusty came out, told the referee what happened, who restarted the match. Conan rolled the threw in a crossbody, giving them the win to make them no one of the tag tosses by the way. We'll talk about that in the tag section. Uh Rusto though was once once again mad that Dusty has involved himself in the decision making process, even though he has no authority here.
1: <laughs> Which I-, I was also mad about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck, man? You have no authority here. How come you get to make this decision? And you did it to make the Three Life Crew win? Fuck you!"
0: That is the the biggest travesty here, making Three Life Crew number one contenders for the tag titles
1: instead of a cool, divine, and young match. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so later in that show, Mike Taney makes the official announcement that the September eighth will be the date with Faith, as Jeff Jarrett and Jeff Hardy will face for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Right, that's the new big match they're building to it's the same like format as Jarrett Raven where they announced the match pretty much six weeks in advance for this one five weeks so they're building to the big September eight Jarrett and Hardy match
1: cool I mean it's the biggest match they can do so why not but
0: yeah, Monty comes out he's mad he's not in the match he wants the winner then Truth comes out Truth says you have to earn your spot they brawl then Dusty comes out and books the match between the two next week even though again he has no authority here
1: It is a good bit that the guy with no authority keeps, like, making executive decisions.
0: Well, when the other guy who's supposed to have authority keeps making mopey faces, whereas Dusty's just like, you, you, wrestle. It's like, oh, yeah, he is the better leader here, isn't he?
1: Yeah, but I can't just walk into someone's workplace and start making decisions for
0: him. Yeah, but Vince Russo will be like, bro, I, I don't know what to do. The two guys, that keep fighting, bro, and I I don't know how to settle this. I don't know how to get them to stop. I'm putting my face in my hands, bro. I'm looking all yeah, but sad. Now he
1: has Larry Z and Terry Funk to make the decision for him.
0: <laughs> Later in that show, Franchise had Russo and asked him about Dusty making all these decisions. He says, there will always be a place for Dusty Rhodes in TNA so long as Vince Russo is there. Jarrett interrupts. Russo says, why would he listen to Jarrett? Jarrett points out that he's been trying to do things the right way, but then everything's been going bad for you and you have no friends. Styles interrupts and says, No, I'm Vince Russo's friend, and then Jarrett and AJ brawl into Ooh. the building. Monty comes out, AJ drops drop kicks them both, Monty pounces AJ, Killings makes the save, Monty and Jarrett get the better of them before Hardy makes the actual save.
1: Um, the most upsetting part of this is AJ Styles being in the general vicinity of the main event scene.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, when these X Division champ, he escapes the Jarrett verse.
0: Yeah, it's weird, because he is, like, he's still in an X Division feud this month. He's feuding with Kid Cash. But yeah, he's, he's in the orbit. It's just upsetting.
1: Mm. he's in the orbit of planet Jarrett
0: you can't escape it it's, it's gravitational pull is simply too strong
1: Ugh. yeah gravitational pull not a gravitational push mm. for anyone but him <laughs> I made it work
0: Impact number 11, August 13. Dusty comes out, he interrupts the card rundown. He knows that Damore. Oh, because Vince Russo has banned Damore from interfering from now on. He's not only banned from like interfering, he's banned from ringside. Whereas Dusty's like, I know he'll interfere. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm just going to beat him up if he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, and good old fashioned fist fight.
0: He's just. I like that. It's just. He's going to still interfere. Vince Russo's a dumbass idiot for not thinking he will. So I'm just going to show up and fight him when he does.
1: Well, actually, Vince is in the right, right, because if he does interfere, then he has legal obligation and he can fire him. And then, uh, But Dusty ruins that by getting into a fistfight with him and then making them liable. So technically, Vince was one step ahead and Dusty ruined it.
0: Uh, he can countersuit for assault.
1: Yeah, so once again, Dusty fucking everything up.
0: Uh, Petey Williams versus Chris Aver for the X-Title on August 18th. Demore tried to interfere on PD's behalf, but then Dusty ran him off. Saban hit the cradle shock, but the ref was distracted by the Dusty and Demore brawling. Rude ran in. Northern Larry at Saban. Canadian Destroyer. Demore tries to cheap shot Dusty, but then accidentally hits PD. 3LK dragged Damore to the ring. Damore and Dusty face off for a second, but Damore bails. Then Russo shows up and gives out to Dusty once again.
1: So, um, there's not going to be a lot of discussion <laughs> about what's going on. It's mostly just going to be letting you know What's happening?
0: It's the exact same angle, rinse and repeat over and over again. Vince Russo says don't get involved, Dusty gets involved, Vince Russo's mad, they shout at each other. That's all that happens this month across every single television show.
1: And it's like every feud kind of has that formula too, because the tag teams is just the same tag match seven times.
0: Yeah, it's just triple X and MW, which you would think you wouldn't get tired of that, but only the first match is good. And it's Hmm. just, it's just nothing
1: is happening in
0: this company. It's just the same segments every week. So,
1: not a lot of in-depth discussion (laughs) going to come from this podcast this month, or uh, not even like fun. Rambling and yelling <laughs> about things, either. Like it's it's just gonna be finding out what happened. There is nothing to say about it. There is
0: nothing. Like Dusty's not even good anymore. He's just rambling. He loses his train of thought halfway through half his promos. He forgot Jeff Jarrett's name at one stage. It's just, like, Dusty's not even fun. It's just a bunch of dumb people who don't wrestle who are shouting at each other, and they won't even give me anything good. Yeah. I just have to look at sad Vince Russo over and over again. I have to stare at his just run-down, disinterested face as he's so upset that he has to make the smallest of decisions and he's still moping every week and he's so upset that Dusty just wants to fight Scott Demore. <sighs> Later on the show, Dusty and Russo are arguing. Monty wrestles Ron Killings. Killings hits an, axe- act- hits an axe kick but Kid Cash runs out to pull the referee out. Styles runs off Cash but the distraction allows Monty to hit the pounce and win. Then we get more drama between Russo and Dusty. Russo wants Dusty to follow the rules. Famous rule follower of any room. And then... He's a new man. Russo's like, don't make me do something I don't want to do. I told you. For as long as you work here. Bro, you got a job here. And he seems to suggest that Dusty is pushing him toward firing the American Dream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, don't worry, I'll think of something to say about it. I thought Mm -hmm. the segment where they were backstage yelling at each other... Right. ...was at least done in a different environment.
0: It's true, it was outside.
1: And that made it a little more fun. And I liked that they were both telling Hudson to fuck off.
0: No, I liked Scott.
1: Yeah, but they were just like, get out of here! (laughs) You pervert.
0: Scott has also started adding, like, witty one-liners to the end of all his interviews starting but you know usually he's like whoa i'm aghast back to you mike and don
1: i can't believe what i just witnessed
0: (laughs) was like the segment where abyss eats all the shrimp he's like i hope you brought some lemon for that shrimp it's okay well done shrimp good job Naturals defeat Conan and BG by DQ to retain the tag titles. We'll talk about all this stuff in the tag stuff again. Damore tried to we probably won't actually because nothing actually happens. Damore tried to interfere, but Dusty Dusty intercepted again. Dusty hit Andy Douglas with a hockey stick, but Posey saw it and called for the DQ, allowing the naturals to retain the tag titles.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, Impact, number 12 of August 20th. We open with PD Williams versus Eddie Villa. Actually, we don't open. That was the middle of the show. Canadian Destroyer for the win. Demore comes out. Dusty confronts him. Team Canada attack. Demora trail. game next to save.
1: I literally just did, like, the Naito half full of sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Franchise has Russo. He wants to know what Russo's going to do about Dusty. Russo's like, I need to cool off, bro. I'll do something on Wednesday. Scott Demore runs up. He's mad. He wants to know what he's going to do. Russo's like, you're out of line, pal.
1: Everyone on this show is like, oh, I'll work it out on the next one. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> Everyone's kicking it down the line. Jeff Hammond, by the way, who we haven't even mentioned yet, and he's been on the show for two months, he's doing these six points of impact interviews where he's just talking to a dude. He's like, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, they're solid. They're nice little interviews. It's they're just like the- a
1: worse version of today's segments.
0: He just wants to run down some story beats, guys do promos, and then he joins commentary for like the main events on impact and he is perfectly serviceable.
1: Yeah, I like the Larry Z one.
0: Yeah, so he's talking to Larry Z here, he talks about Harley Race, he talks about the struggles of a champion, how Funk is a wild card and Dusty's ego is humongous, and thinks Russo and Rhodes is a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. So Damore interrupts the card rundown on this and challenges Trial K and Dusty to get it on right now. Dusty took down Damore, but then Russo brought out security and separated everybody. Bert. See, again, this speaks to Vince Russo's bad leadership in that like these two men want to fight. If you let them fight then they wouldn't be interrupting the show every week anymore, so...
1: Whoa, 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 Scott Demore ain't a wrestler, okay? He's a manager, he's a
0: coach... He had a 15 minute match with Jerry Lynn. That's a wrestler if I've ever seen one.
1: No one sure did. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
0: Oh, uh, last pay per view of the month, August twenty five. Team Canada came <laughs> it's out. Been the worst rundown ever. It's just, it's just, it's the same segment, Liam. I'm so sorry.
1: Don't even, don't even give details. Just bust the through. Let's go.
0: Demanded answers from Russo. Russo came out. He looking sadder than ever. This is the saddest he looked this month. Russo comes out. He says Demore needs to make. An appointment, if he wants to talk to Vinnie Rue, he can't just call him out. Russo tells the more to get out of his face, and he will never tell Russo to do his job. Dusty and Trio K come out, T Canada bails. Dusty condemns the Canadians for taking all the Americans' jobs, calls him out. Then Russo suspends Dusty Rhodes and bans him from the building and has security eject him.
1: <laughs> I-, I like uh, Don was like, oh man, I don't know if I can kick out Dusty Rhodes or feel bad. (laughs) And Dusty's like, fuck you, (laughs) do it. And then he's like, alright, well fuck you then, I will.
0: Uh, Enough BW Torch. Some wrestlers are chuckling at the ego of Dusty Rhodes that he's developed over the last month or two because the push he's receiving on television, Dusty considers himself the most overrated face in the company, and he hasn't been shy about saying that while in the earshot of other wrestlers. Also, he's probably right, so. Yeah, but like he shouldn't be. (laughs) Like he is,
1: but he, he shouldn't.
0: It's him or Jeff no one else maybe AJ, AJ. people do like AJ uh, Scott Hudson had Larry Z later in that show he's focused on September eight. the championship committee are just focused on the Jarrett and Hardy title match they want none of this business with Dusty and Russo over on the side
1: that was literally the same segment that Larry Z did last time too, which is very funny
0: mm. So there was meant to be a six-man tag team match on the show. It was meant to be BG, Conan, and Dusty against Scott DeMorick, Young, and Johnny Devine. But because Dusty has been suspended, that becomes a handicap match, which 3LK are not entirely happy with because Russo's fucking him over again. Damn. Dusty showed up at ringside, laid into Demore. BG pinned divine with a pump handle slam. But the, the man who stated, Liam, on the record, he will never overturn a referee's decision. Vince Russo came out and overturned a referee's decision.
1: Yeah, that's fucking storytelling, Garrett. Because they're doing the mm-ah, mm-ah, will he turn to be a bad guy again. And he's going back on his word. I'm sorry that you couldn't pick up the nuances of this wrestling storyline in the NWA TNA. He
0: already went back at his word when he overturned the killings decision.
1: Yeah, but that time it wasn't a part of a storyline. <laughs> this one is. Okay.
0: Duh. Uh, and the, the one dusty segment that I liked this, this month was the last impact of the month where he shows up in the crowd and Vince Russo's like, get out of here. Get him out of here. He sends Don Harris to eject him and then they cut to a shot of him just sitting there having a drink with Don Harris two minutes later. <laughs>
1: yeah it was like a red drink
0: <laughs> drinking some kind of punch
1: i was very confused as to what he was drinking
0: i will say though dusty did the whole i have a ticket thing you didn't need a ticket to get in the impact zone well he had one there was no tickets it was not a ticketed system you stood in line well he bought a ticket to
1: go to the front of the line
0: brought his own ticket
1: <laughs> that's even funnier I have a ticket you don't need one
0: Team Canada defeated what was honestly my favourite job team on Impact so far Ron Steele Bruce Steele Mikey Batts and Jarrell Clark
1: when they were coming out and it said the Steel Brothers I was like yes because the, they all came this out together this is the time
0: it was the highlight of Impact this month to see all those four men make their entrance hmm so Damore shouted at Dusty. Dusty said he had a ticket. Dusty got stuck into Team Canada before security separated them. Russo had Dusty ejected before B.D. Williams pinned Jarrell Clark with a Canadian destroyer.
1: Let's go to the other very exciting storyline of the month: the heavyweight title scene.
0: Hey, there's one more thing. Russo shouted at him. No, Trill there came isn't. Him up. You lied. There you go.
1: Oh, what a shock. Okay. <laughs> Thank God we got that in.
0: The two men who shouted at each other all month continued to shout at each other.
1: (laughs) This, like, podcast is actually just a good representation of watching two people, like, go crazy. (laughs) Like, you're watching the deterioration of two people throughout this entire show. We started off with such gusto, Mm -hmm. and we were, like, an hour and a 15 minutes in, and it's pure like unhinged chaos already
0: because we had to talk about what actually happened on this show these shows which is nothing nothing happened! you know
1: what, you know what energy we're in right now mm-hmm. fourth hour of recording
0: yeah and we're only an hour and a half in into the actual recording oh oh <laughs> but
1: this is how we are during our last hour normally
0: can you imagine how we are when we get to goldilocks <laughs>
1: Well, that's going to be the highlight. That's just going to bring us back.
0: The best of the rest stuff is probably the best of this month.
1: Yeah. The Raven stuff was good, and so was the Goldie stuff. That's why we're going to save it to the end, to give us a reason to keep going on.
0: All right. First impact of the month, Jeff Hardy is a squash over Gabriel. Jeff Hardy pins Gabriel with a Swanton Bomb. <laughs>
1: Sounds
0: so depressed. Jarrett calls out Hardy. They brawl. The Elite Guard tried to interrupt, which I forgot the Elite Guard were even fucking around this month.
1: Never mind. I fucking hate the Elite Guard. They can fuck off.
0: But Hardy runs him off. Jarrett locked him in a figure four before 3 K made the save. There was some Russo and Dusty arguing there too. So yeah, September 8th, date with fate, NWA world title, Jarrett and Hardy.
1: September eight, date with fate. It's some good rhyming, I will gonna say. Eat a cake, he will eat picnic by the lake. <laughs> you must give, cause he will take.
0: <laughs> this was the show that had Hardy making the save for Monty. <laughs> <laughs> so we get like a an X Division dream team going on here, where Hardy is teaming with uh, AJ Styles and mock killings
1: Jeff Hardy he loved to party he run down in the <laughs> impact number 11 <laughs> <laughs> you really ran out
0: of rhymes with Hardy real quick there Hardy, party he is a smarty <laughs> One sec. There's a bee in my room, and it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't run it out. Bee, get out!
1: There be a bee in Garrett's room. His room shall become his tomb. The bee, the bee doth sting, and Garrett doth die. The bee win. Garrett do not survive. The, the fucking bee came back. Beast. The bee outside. is back. He has a thirst for blood. He'll kill Garrett in the mud. (laughs) The bee doth fight another day as Garrett die when he lay.
0: Wouldn't it be funny if the bee did beat me?
1: The bee would kick her ass.
0: Do a job to the bee. That's the reason I want to get rid of it. Hmm. Impact, number 11, August 13th. Good luck editing this shit, by the way. (laughs) AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy face Abyss and Alex Shelley. I, I thought this match was pretty fun. Yeah, they had a nice little wrestling match. Hardy pinned Shelly with a swanton. Kat and Dallas came out the stair with AJ. Because they have a street fight on the next show. Too quickly. Well, it's an Impact main event, so it's it's a 10-minute time limit. It's inherently going to go quickly.
1: Yeah, but it could have gone the full 10 minutes.
0: We could have went to the draw. Could've, well could have went 9.30, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's what I want.
0: That's the thing with most Impact main events. They are usually 5 minutes, aren't they?
1: Mm.
0: Nothing's getting time in this company.
1: I'm running out of time watching this company. <laughs>
0: We're all inevitably dying. This is how we're
1: choosing to spend our time on this earth.
0: Tanay did a sit-down with Jarrett on NWATNA Baby number 108, th- th- reinforcing all the stories. Russo and Dusty hate each other. Jarrett did the double-A player, but Mike Tanay was like, fucking stop it, he was really in a Super Bowl. <laughs> and then Jared insisted he wasn't ready for a title shot. Monty being the heat. Double a
1: double-A ball player.
0: Trying to make, make it in the, it major, the leagues. major leagues. He fucking loves that line so much.
1: He said it a billion times.
0: Hardy ran out to help AJ at the end of the Cash in Dallas match that we'll talk about in the X Division. Impact number 12, Hogwarts oh, 20. Jared faced Pat Kenny. Tell me about this one.
1: Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the, the panic! The panic would I throw to you to say anything about Pat Kenny and Jeff Jarrett.
1: Okay, I have something for this match. Shoot. I I thought it was pretty interesting that Pat Kenny got more than psychosis.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because he did the job, he got stroked, he got beat, even though like most of the match was just him beating Jarrett's ass.
1: Yeah, Pat Kenny looked strong here.
0: But then Jarrett does a promo about his Hardy match, and then Pat Kenny attacks him again at the announce desk, brawls into the ring, but then he has to eat a guitar shot.
1: Sorry, I just read the note.
0: The idea is that this is Kenny's last match as Irish Pat Kenny. He's Oh god, yeah. He's going to come back <laughs> with a new role. <laughs> Apparently, somebody saw a movie about an Irish vigilante character from the IRA, and they are going to model Irish Pat Kenny after that. Fuck yeah. Which is why he comes back as part of the Diamonds in the Rough.
1: Is Ireland the Diamond in the Rough? Sure. The green Diamond in the Rough. Ireland has had enough
0: (laughs) you fucking stop rhyming the times are long
1: the times are rough
0: wordsworth (laughs) over here thinking he can rhyme everything main event of that impact Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles and Rod Killings face Jason Cross, Frankie Kazarian and Michael Shane and another match I thought was pretty good high energy, good baby faces good match Jason Cross, he never lost he did, he got hit with a swanton he was pinned damn it Main event of the next pay-per-view. Styles, Killings, and Hardy face Kid Cash, Dallas, and Monty Brown. another good match.
1: I like this match. I went three stars, which makes it one of the best matches in company history.
0: Maybe not company history, but certainly in the month of August. Uh, yeah, Killings and Styles held Dallas in place for a swanton. Jarrett jumped Hardy after the match. Monty joined in, closed the show to beat down on Hardy. And this was at least like promising to see, like, oh, you know you have stars in this match? That feel like at least some of them are on the up, some of them
1: yeah sure. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was fun it, and like they did that thing at the end where they all just kind of like jumped in and hit moves and that's always fun.
0: And then last show of the month, both Jarrett and Hardy had squash matches. Jarrett beat Frankie Capone. They both beat Frankies. Jarrett beat Frankie Capone with a stroke, and Jar- Hardy beat Frankie Kazarian with a swanton. And then there was a big-ass brawl to close that episode of Impact, close the last episode of the month, which I think every month of Impact, we've ended with a big-ass brawl the last episode of the month. so
1: That's fun, though.
0: Where everybody runs out, everybody's like, Oh, there's all these matches on pay-per-view! Yeah. So, the build to Jarrett and Raven, they did the whole month. It felt like the biggest match in TNA history. Like, that was the, the big success story. That's like, we did this one-month build to this big NWA title match. It was Jarrett and Raven. It was the biggest match in company history. It did a real good number. It was really good. And here, they're, they're trying to do the same thing. It's a one-month build to a Jarrett and Hardy match, which is a match maybe on level of, or maybe even a little bigger than Jarrett and Raven. How do you feel about it in terms of build, in terms of a title match, in terms of interest in Jeff Hardy? It started? (laughs) Well, yeah, there's only two weeks left. (laughs) We've been building to it for ages.
1: It's way, 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 way worse. I mean, because the Jarrett and Raven build was actually interesting and fun, and this one sucks and is bad. Yeah. Probably because it's not about them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and especially it's not about Jeff. Who has not cut a promo in this company yet. Yeah. He he just hasn't opened his mouth. He's a guy who runs in, makes saves, does swantons, which some might argue is the best use of Jeff, but it, it it doesn't make for a compelling build to an NWA world title match.
1: No, because every segment's the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's just like Jarrett runs down and Hardy makes a save. Occasionally, Monty cuts him off and helps beat him up.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like It's just, this hasn't felt big. Hmm. I think maybe it would have if they were saving this for the first actual pay-per-view.
0: Well, you'll get it twice.
1: Well, there you go. But, I don't know. Uh, Right now, it doesn't feel like a big deal. I'll be excited for it, because it will at least be a big match of stars, but, uh, I don't know.
0: And how are you feeling about Jeff? Which one? Hardy.
1: Uh, Is there even a way to feel about Jeff Hardy?
0: He's, he's, I don't know. (laughs) He's doing nothing. He's doing swatons.
1: I, well his matches haven't been very good which has been disappointing mm.
0: but also he like he hasn't been put in a position to have a good match either
1: but even like his tv matches with guys haven't been fun like he had a frankie match that could have been like a lot of fun
0: yeah but there was four minutes and he won with a swanton
1: yeah but that can be that can still be fun It's true it doesn't need to be boring
0: that's nwatna don't know what you mean
1: so it's like, I don't know, like, he's, had, he's been in positions where he could have had really fun short matches, but he just hasn't, so I don't know what you want.
0: Uh, most of the time he's in tags or 6 men's I thought they are pretty fun.
1: Oh, when he's in there with other people? When
0: AJ can do most of the work, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't think he's been, like, a flop or anything, because he's clearly the biggest star in the show, mm. but I'm not exactly excited about his stuff. I'm I am looking forward more to, like, him, you know, slapping it up with the hardcore guys
0: just jumping off ladders and falling through tables.
1: Yeah. And then eventually becoming the ace of
0: the promotion. Yes, in 10 years. Uh like he debuted in that styles match and that styles match was pretty good. Like it was a decent little match but nothing special. And like the the big thing that match had was like atmosphere. That Jeff Hardy felt like the biggest star in the company. It's it's Jeff Hardy. It's, it's Jeff Hardy. And he hasn't felt like Jeff Hardy since then. It's just been a lot of matches that are fine. He hits Swantons, and it's pretty good. And like he has decent reactions, even though the Impact Zone does kind of hate him. Well, there's a segment of the Impact Zone that does kind of hate him, that boos him all the time. But for the most part, like biggest star in the company, he hits Swantons, but also does nothing interesting. Which, I don't know. I guess there's worse states you could be in. I think we've covered more or less all of the Monty stuff already. He has a few squash matches against Jimmy Rave, against... My my favorite jobber name so far, Demetis Anglin. I've
1: enjoyed the Monty stuff, I guess,
0: because he's cool. He just pounces people and cuts good promos might be too strong. <laughs> he cuts promos that are interesting. Yeah. Like, I,
1: like, I can't commit to saying they're good, mm. but uh, they're interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, he beats Truth, matches fine, nothing to it. And then he joins in in the little, like, AJ, Kit Cash, Dallas, Hardy killing stuff. that Those feuds kind of intersect toward the end of the month.
1: Yeah, at least he's somewhat a part of it.
0: Yeah, the big thing, I guess, last pay-per-view where Jarrett cuts up on being like, Hey, 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 you pal, you should help me take out Jeff Hardy, and then we'll get a title shot. And then Monty's like, you're full of shit.
1: Yeah. I, I actually liked that segment. I thought it was fun. It's just like, it's, it's Jarrett's best as like a manipulator. Mm-hmm. So when he gets to do that stuff, it leads to good segments. And it was like a short little promo segment, which was actually felt like it progressed to something instead of just doing the same thing over and over again.
0: There is a lot of backstage interviews in this company that achieve absolutely nothing. Yeah, for sure. It's like they cut backstage and it's The Naturals and The Naturals are like, we don't care who we face between A and X, and that's it. There's no other point to the promo. It's not a good promo. It doesn't advance story. It doesn't advance character. It doesn't do anything other than giving the Naturals 60 seconds of screen time on an episode. And there's a lot of backstage promos that are like that. Where it's like, they don't let guys do good promos, but also the promos don't advance any story. It's just it's just guys talking for the sake of talking.
1: I get that it's a meme, but literally the only promos that... Um feel like the advanced stuff are the Goldilocks. Yeah,
0: Yes, because she has a whole story going on and she at least sets up angles for matches to happen in the next show, which is how it should work. Yeah. And the Monty ones are interesting at least because he's Monty. Yeah. He's a deranged, crazy man.
1: I feel like AJ doesn't get a lot of, like, mic time.
0: Which is probably for the best.
1: I know, but like, hey, how do you get better (laughs) unless you, like, put them in the position? Like, he doesn't need to be getting, like, 10 minute in ring segments, but you could give him something to push this cash stuff.
0: He should cut the rah rah go home promo rah, because the, the, the crowd, the live crowd every week.
1: <laughs> he should say, Come on, baby.
0: Thanks for coming out, guys. I love wrestling. Woo. All right, speaking of styles, that takes us over the X Division where we'll talk about AJ Styles and Kid Cash, which was the main event of the first per pay-view of the month. They wrestled. They did. It was a, a decent little match.
1: It was all right. Um, I mean, like, these two have like a bare minimum <laughs> and they can hit that and still do all right, so.
0: Well, speaking of hitting it, Cash went for his coast-to-coast dropkick and came up just short. <laughs> it was yeah, rather embarrassing. the War with a discus lariat, which is unusual.
1: I like it though. I like when he busts out the discus. It's um, he's a, like a deceptively hard hitter too.
0: Yeah, good discus lariat on the man, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a good wrestler. This AJ, he does occasionally
1: pick up wins with it too. So,
0: so after the match, Dallas attacks. Lynn and Saban tried to make the save. Then all the X Division guys ran out because. Vince Russo has decided that you cannot have co-champions. It's ridiculous. But also, Frankie and Michael Shane have insisted they will not wrestle each other. They wrestled, say, Lynn and uh, Chris Saban in the show. Lynn hit Tracy with an air raid crash, but a super kick to Saban, followed by a roll-up with Kaz gave Sarah in the win. They will not wrestle each other, Liam. They're men of noble integrity and intent. So Vince Russo has a different suggestion that on the August 11th weekly pay-per-view, there will be a open invitational... Ultimately, 22-man gauntlet match to decide the X Division title, where one of Shazarian will enter first, one will enter last, Frankie entered first, Shane entered last, uh, and it will be an X Division title match with 22 people in it.
1: I like the touch of having them separate, like, be the furthest points from each other because it, like, encourages them not to work together. Mm. It's, a good little, uh, it's
0: Vince Russo trying to push yeah. him apart, Liam.
1: Yeah, but, like, I don't know, they're heels. We should be rooting for that, I guess.
0: So there was another layer going into this match where earlier in the show, AJ took a pounce from Monty. So AJ was selling that he took a pounce.
1: Mm. Yeah, AJ, uh, he took that pounce...
0: (laughs) it's like literally you could see it coming because he, he like Monty was the lining of the pants and I like listened to the watch along I'm like Ooh. oh no we didn't do a watch though. we watched this together but we didn't do a watch along for it but I was super excited <laughs> that that AJ that was, was just a, for us just personal content that AJ was about to take a pounce and yeah he took like the inside out bump and it looked great oh AJ I love the man so the main event of that pay-per-view 22-man gauntlet Frankie and Sanjay started then you had Chad Collier LA Park Miyamoto Uh, I won't go through eliminations. Who cares? Jerry Lynn, Joey Matthews, Nosawa, Styles came out. Uh, Lynn was carried off injured, actually, which might be an interesting thing to keep track of. I don't think we see Lynn again for a year after this. I think this might be the last we see of Lynn for a while. Um, Nosawa
1: surprisingly over at this point,
0: too. (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, he's getting reactions because he's been around long enough now.
0: Mm. Chris Vaughn came out, PD, D-Ray came out, and he was given the, the bushwhacker treatment where he was thrown straight out. Uh, Mikey Batts, Jason Cross, Jarrell Clark, uh, Kid Cash, uh, Nigel McGuinness making his TNA Wrestling ah. debut. A man in the news. How appropriate. We, we we once again manifested news by having Nigel McGuinness debut the month where where he's released from WWE. Um,
1: yeah. Maybe we'll see Nigel in a next open invitational gauntlet for the Division title.
0: <laughs> he doesn't really do much here. Like He doesn't really have a chance to look good in a gauntlet with 22 other guys.
1: Especially like... Nigel of 2004 is not Nigel of 2007, you know, who could make this work by just hitting a bunch of dudes really hard. He's going to come in here and do, like, his technical grabs, and it's not
0: going to get over. Yeah, he does, like, the nice little hammerlock DDT, but that's not going to blow the socks off anybody uh psychosis shark boy was in the match chris sabin amazing red and michael shane rounded things out shane super kick psychosis out kaz pump kick sabin out sabin rounded uh red ran out Saban out red ran as shane out shane and sabin will be the death of me those two men they should not be put in the same match <laughs>
1: You should be begging for Matt Bentley.
0: Uh, Red had the uh, so then Red dumped Frankie out. So it was PD and Red. Pinfall of submission. New X Division champion is one of those men. Red had the pin with the Red Star Press, but Rude came out to distract the ref. Damore creamed Red with a hockey stick, allowing PD to win the X Division title with a Canadian destroyer. Your new X Division champion is PD Williams. Feels right. Does feel right, doesn't it? It is the, the, a good choice. He's improved. It's a it's a fresh face in the X Division, and I think that they've been pretty good through the. The history of the x Division of going with new guys like last year it was very much a frankie and shane and sabin year now it's pd's turn
1: yeah um which you know heading into the good era of tna is fun so he'll get a lot of opportunities
0: yeah pd being the x champ heading into the pay-per-view year is an interesting choice i would have thought like oh we're going into pay-per-views it has to be aj now
1: mm. but um i know i feel like pd's been built up well enough for this role too mm.
0: Uh, Chavo Guerrero Sr. was scheduled to work the gauntlet match, but he contacted the company on the day of the show and gave them several excuses why he couldn't appear. They didn't buy his excuses and it's doubtful he will be invited back.
1: Ooh, Chavo.
0: Also, wrestlers are mad because they were given the order of entry and the order of elimination and then nothing else. (laughs) Just call it in the ring, brother. And Jerry Lynn was the agent. He's just like, put the whole thing together, I guess. There's no other stories in this match. It's just guys come out, do moves, get eliminated. That's really funny. Which, you know what? probably worse ways to do a match like this i don't know it seems like hell to try and work that out (laughs) oh yeah like a 22-man gauntlet just seems like chaos and there's a reason ultimately a lot of them end up descending into like just aimless brawling in the corner waiting for the next person to come out because it's really hard to put all that stuff together and time it really well yeah i don't
1: know it feels like an uneven oh my gosh (laughs) Unenviable task there you go to uh to book a match like that
0: so the Styles Cast story continued on to the next pay-per-view in which they had a street fight. And mm. I don't think this was a great match. And I'm not even sure it was it a good match. But it felt like two men who legit hated each other. Yeah. <laughs> like there was a, a kind of crowd brawling here that's not the Jeff Jarrett Walken brawl. It was like, oh these men don't like each other. And they don't, by all accounts. Like, Kid Cash, they do a bunch of work stuff where Kid Cash is openly moaning backstage about AJ gets the push I don't get and he ruined my opportunities. And then it turns out that's the same promo he cuts on the show so he gets like, they're doing nonsense.
1: And there's more backstage stuff with Cash throughout the month, too. Mm. So it's like, he's clearly still whining about like, not getting the raise and making the money and whatever, so. Like, he probably, like, when you're AJ and you're, and you're openly being mocked by the guy <laughs> you're probably like, alright, fuck it, <laughs>
0: Yeah, because this was like come dressed as you are. They wore the 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 the, the jeans. They preferred to cash. He put the the knee pads over the jeans, which is an aesthetic I will always approve of. Yeah, th- this man. I said I don't think it was good. They did like a, a fall off a balcony that looked great because it looked like they fought and fell off a balcony rather than they were doing a pro wrestling spot. Like there was there was a realism to this street fight that while it didn't make, ultimately make a great match, it made like for a more compelling street fight. Yeah, it was alright.
1: I, I thought it was... It, listen, it was alright, and that means it was better than most things.
0: Yeah, and by that, I mean, I think I gave it three, and you gave it two and three quarters, so... No, we both gave it two and three quarters, yeah. never mind. Yeah.
1: Still, like, the fourth best match of the <laughs> month.
0: Yeah, but it's a, an interesting kind of street fight. There you go. We talked about all the other AJ Cash stuff. They spin off here into the, the six-man tag, like, uh, teaming with Monty against Styles, Killings, and Hardy to end the month. Good little match.
1: I will admit that this feels bigger than the X-Division, at least.
0: Yeah, because you have, like, PD is champion after that, he does a squash on Impact, they crown a new contender, it's Sanjay Dot defeats Chris Saban, Joy Matthews, and Jason Cross, to get the. he'll get the first shot of September, so Sanjay will be PD's first contender.
1: Which, um, that should be fun, at least. Sanjay's coming off of the big match with the Ravens, so...
0: Yeah, we're getting a little Sanjay push here. We'll talk about that and the best of the rest. Uh, that's that's more or less the X-Division.
1: Not an awful X-Division month. Not a super exciting one either. It's at least
0: one of the few divisions where things happened.
1: Yeah, the X-Division, is like I say all that, and it's probably still like the third best thing going on at the moment, so...
0: You had the Co-Champ story, you had the Gauntlet, you had the Stars and Cash stuff. It's at least, and Stars and Cash actually wrestled each other a couple times this month as opposed to just doing the same angle.
1: Let's get to a division which I did not enjoy.
0: Tag division. So, the big story of the month Trial K are basically your number one contenders, and AMW and Triple X are doing a best of three series to determine the next contenders after that. That's the big tag team story this month. And again, we said earlier, you would think, yeah, just throw Triple X and AMW out there to have a bunch of matches. But those matches uh, weren't great,
1: so... I, I guess, like, part of it was they were trying to save it for the last one. But when you go into that last match and you know that it's going to be some bullshit draw, like, you just know. Because I knew. I was watching and I was like, this is going to be some draw and they're going to go do another thing. And watching that, it just means that you don't care about anything that's going on, you know? You're like, how can I care about any of these matches when I know that it's going to end in some bullshit that isn't just a straight-up win?
0: Yeah, and the worst part is like the first match was best because it was just no bullshit. They went out there, had a match, and wrestled. There was two good tag teams having a good tag team match, and it was a good tag team match. Yeah. And then like the specter of the story could just kind of hung over the rest of it because that match ended with Daniels hurting his shoulder, and Skipper was mad that that they were like too aggressive in the match or whatever. And then the second match was just a decent match building around the story of the sh- shoulder, but they they pulled out a cradle for the win. And then, as you said, third match between the two teams, you could feel it in your bones, couldn't you?
1: <laughs> yeah. They, and they, I think they got sick of it too.
0: Yeah, so Harris pushed Daniels into the ref in the third match. The Naturals ran out, laid out both teams causing a no contest. They did the classic thing that if there is no winner, there is no contenders. But then Larry Z comes out and he says, No, 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 there will be a sudden death match on impact with the Naturals banned from ringside. And then the winners next Wednesday will face the Naturals. James Storr was injured in the, the final match of the best of three, so he couldn't compete in the match on impact. So that ended up being a Christopher Daniels versus Chris Harris singles match. To determine who would face the Naturals. Which is stupid. But that also went to a title of a draw.
1: Yeah. Which was then deemed a a draw (laughs) a
0: draw. This whole system. And TNA. If there is a draw. You have a judge on hand to make the decision. They did have a judge on hand. It was Larry Zabisco. Larry comes out and he's like. Guys I can't decide. It's going to be a triple threat on the pay per view. Larry. (laughs) He had one job, Larry. One! He's there for one reason. Just to go, you
1: or you, and he couldn't decide. I did like they worked that match super evenly, at least. Mm -hmm. So, like, at least they gave them a reason for it.
0: I think, ultimately, what we're learning is Triple X shouldn't be babyfaces.
1: No, they're much better heels. Mm. I mean, also, it's like, can you blame them for kind of phoning it in towards the end? Like, who could possibly care about doing this match five times in a row? And then having that stupid finish to the whole, like, thing. They did it in a singles match. Like, fuck off. Yeah,
0: it's it's not even like the, you know what, we're just going to throw you in three matches, go kill it. Which is like, it's what yeah. I'd do. As opposed to throw them in three matches. They have one pretty good one, and then the rest are story nonsense. We'll go into draws with the naturals, going to time them draws to set up triple threat matches. It's just who's that for? You know, who's that for? Who's like, and what does it serve? I want my triple X and AMW match to be full of bullshit. <laughs> like, who, who are you serving? Then as you said, who, like you put the two best teams in the company in the ring, but you also handicap them in every way that you can? It's like, who is that for? Yeah. Uh, the naturals barely do anything this month. They set up that match with tree lk that ends in a DQ after there's a bunch of dusty nonsense. And that's basically the only other thing the Naturals do this month? The Naturals are just there, but, like, not doing anything? Like, they're just hanging around. They're doing the odd promo. Like, do they have a single other match this month? I don't think they do. Oh, they do. They have the one against Mikey Batts and Jarrell Clark on Impact. <laughs> Ooh. Which, like, it's a fun idea that it's the first time the Jobbers beat the Stars. Like, 3LK causes yeah. a distraction when the Naturals are about to hit the Naturals disaster, but which allowed... it's building
1: to a 3LK match. That's dude. the problem,
0: yeah. So, Bats rolls up Douglas. Naturals lose to uh, Jarrell Clark and Mikey Bats.
1: When did Jarrell Clark and Mikey Bats get in the title? For? Yeah,
0: that's a good point. They'd probably be better than the 3LK match. Because that's what I thought it was going to build to. I was like, fuck, yeah, let's go. I'm ready for it. Yep. Yeah, naturals do pretty much absolutely nothing for the rest of the month. They just stand around, occasionally cutting promos. Cool. It's just like I got...
1: Into the Naturals. I okay, just, just finally was like, yep, yeah, the Naturals are good. And then they're like, oh, it's, let's not book it. Yep. <laughs> let's do nothing with them and then book them against 3RK. Okay. The
0: only thing they do is wrestle the Tree Life crew. So I don't know. Yeah, that's your tag team stuff for the month. There's also a country whipping match on the first show of the month between AMW and Team Canada to blow off the Team Canada costing them the cage match against the Naturals. Uh, just fine. Nothing special. Mm. <laughs> the entire one. there's nothing to say like usually uh, I mentioned this to Liam before we recorded usually on top of the show notes I usually have like you know 30 or 40 or 50 different notes uh, about the things that actually happened on these shows you know like little tidbits and cool moves in the match or funny things in promos or something Mike and Don might have said on commentary or little thoughts I had inspired by this and I'm just sitting here looking like there's, there's nothing Modest still doesn't have lyrics. I didn't bring that up. Song sucks without lyrics.
1: <laughs> modest to the top. It's
0: just a... <laughs> and they for some reason, there's a bunch of beatdown angles that they play Modest all the way through. Really annoying. Bad song. But like, that. That's, that's it. That's it. I have no notes this month. Nothing happened in these matches. Nothing happened on these shows. That's your takeaway from August 04. Don't watch it. Nothing happened.
1: Uh, listen to Garrett of the past and just skip it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was so right. I was so right not to watch these shows because they were super boring heading into like May, June, July, and I was like, I couldn't be bothered finishing these. Like, there's, there's just nothing going on. They're not worth finishing. And I, I'm vindicated in my not bothering to sit through these boring ass wrestling shows. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it'd be cool if we could skip months. <laughs>
0: Uh, best of the rest, Liam. We've gotten there. You should be happy. It's Goldilocks time.
1: And, uh, no, I want to save Goldie for the finish. Let's let's do Vito and let's do Gilberti, and then let's get to the good stuff.
0: All right. Uh, Big Vito had a luck of the charms weapons match.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. This. this was so dumb. I mean, at least there was... See, you know what? It was stupid, and that means it was better than most.
0: Sorry, it was luck of the Irish, not luck of the charms. It was the luck of the Irish weapons match. So the rules, Liam, of a luck of the Irish weapons match is there were three boxes...
1: Please say it in your thickest accent possible.
0: I can't do an Irish accent. I don't have one. Oh, diddly eye, there were three boxes in each corner of the ring! Two of the boxes were empty. One of the box had some green weapons in them. And you had a rugby ball in the middle of the ring with a key attached. You got the rugby ball to open the box. I've weird more to Scottish here. Part is over. <laughs> Part is over. <laughs> you used the rugby ball to open the box. Whoever got the weapon the match couldn't end until somebody opened the weapon box. It's not good.
1: <laughs> it was alright. <laughs> it was <laughs> No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's green weapons.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even like Irish-themed weapons. There was just a bunch of green weapons. Like, like a shillelagh. There was just like, oh, it's a cookie sheet, but it's green. It's a chain, but it's green.
1: I don't know how you skipped this month. There was the match named after it's you. It's
0: true. It's the most Irish month in TNA history. There was a luck of the Irish weapons match.
1: Very fitting, too, that Big Vader has proved in himself to be a snake in the back.
0: Because, uh, they, yeah, they hate him. Everyone hates him. <laughs> They've always hated him.
1: There's a reason why uh, he disappeared.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, like, the second he showed up, it's like, everyone hates Vito. It's like, oh, poor dude. But now everyone hates Vito. Vito continues to be a heat magnet in the locker room. There's actually talk among wrestlers of beating him up because they thought he was working overly aggressively against Pat Kenny in this look of the Irish. They thought he was shooting in this luck of the Irish weapons match. <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: People are... And people just like Pete Kenny. It's nice to see.
0: <laughs> However, Kenny used tensions by telling the group that Jared told them to lay their shots in in this look of the Irish weapons match. Vito also had heat for Boo Boo Facing when he was doing the job. Aww. So, yeah. He's, he's not long for this world. This is the end of Vito in TNA. His very, very, very short run.
1: Well goodbye goodbye good friends goodbye now it's time to and go it's time to go pat kenny the, the veto in the bed. luck of the
0: irish weapons match
1: <laughs> and Come knew, and
0: anyway this is not the first time we've sung the bear the big blue house theme song on this podcast
1: <laughs> i hate it i hate this company
0: <laughs> so pat kenny and Vito are having this luck of the irish weapons match Vito and trinity explode over who will open the chest for some reason i don't know why oh. Because, uh, yeah. It's just fine. So, eventually, Pat Kenny opens the box with the green weapons. He l-
1: You've been talking too much about this match, man. He
0: loads up his fist with the green chain, l- punches out no. I-, I-, I Big veto and picks up the victory, the luck of the Irish weapons match.
1: Okay.
0: One of the most <laughs> memorable encounters in the history of TNA. he tried to interfere and steal the rugby ball as well, but David Young stopped him.
1: Speaking of Gilberti and David Young. Yeah. Which
0: brings us to the next show in which David Young and Gilberti have the final gut check match. In which the loser is fired. Yay. Mike Posey's the referee, which does feel like a conflict of interest.
1: <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I mean, but also, anything that gets Glenn Gilberti fired, you know.
0: <laughs> You're on board with this. So, uh, referee got bumped with it by a super kick. Young got a visual pin on a spine buster. A swinger runs out. But brass knocks, but Young kicked out, Young got the knocks, secured the win, to go one and ninety-three, ending his losing streak, and then Vito gave out the disco.
1: Woo
0: Gilberti was out of his leprechaun get up here, but Swinger was still dressed in his Hulu skirt.
1: Yeah, because Swinger's cool and bass and Gilberti's dumb.
0: Uh in the one of those Read all of the notes about backstage gossip. Glenn Gilberti's voice. This one particularly applies. There are rumours that Glenn Gilberti's loss to David Young last week was actually his last match in TNA and not just the storyline. Gilberti, though, was huh? not told that by management. Although more than one wrestler ridiculed the match quality, all sources agree that TNA should find a role for, Gil- for Gilberti because of how dedicated he's been to the cause. He put in countless hours during the company's planning stages and helped out in storyline writing as a veteran presence in the locker room. One wrestler said he doubts company officials would actually sever ties with the Clibberti. They'll always have a soft spot for Glenn because he's one of the nicest guys in the business and helped them get started said the wrestler. Who that wrestler could be? <laughs> who could possibly know? One source is under the impression that Gilberti has heat with the office for accepting that indie booking in Hawaii on a Wednesday night that caused them to miss a pay-per-view. Okay. The official word on Glenn Gilberti's absence from television is that he will be left, off, left at home for a few weeks so that he can be repackaged. He is eventually repackaged Fuck you. as the NYC with Johnny Swinger for a few more weeks.
1: You don't get to tease me that Gilbert has gone and then dri- rip the rug out from under me. Yeah, you. you'll have
0: to suffer a little more, Glenn. Not much, but a little. Johnny Swinger was told that he's indefinitely off television. He's under contract through September next year, although the contract only guarantees pay for 26 dates as the minimum. So Swinger's off TV too. Well,
1: that's upsetting, actually. One
0: of the bigger mistakes they made was breaking up Diamond and Swinger, wasn't it? Not that Diamond and Swinger were like this super hot act, but like everybody is worse off than they were before that breakup.
1: And they had, like, surprisingly good matches.
0: Yeah, they had a couple, of, like, proper bangers with AMW, and now, like, Gilberti's worse off, Young is worse off, Diamond is worse off, Trinity is worse off, Swinger's worse off. Everybody was worse off.
1: We call that the Gilberti effect. I mean, actually, they'll always have a soft spot for Glenn because he's one of the nicest guys in the business and help them get started.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, Vito was looking for David Young uh, later in the month on the August 18th show. They brawled onto the on-camera... Uh, got stuck into Chris Vaughn. Chris Vaughn fired up a few times on Vito before security broke them up. That was meant to build to a Chris Vaughn versus Vito match, but Vito missed the show and was never seen in TNA ever again.
1: Imagine how much Vito would have kicked the shit out of Chris Vaughn in that match.
0: Would have been a classic and the, the, the Don Harris would have been like, stop shooting on my boy.
1: I wish Don Harris' shoot ran out and beat the fuck out of Vito.
0: Wouldn't that be fun?
1: That'd be a good time.
0: Raven, his big feud with Sabu culminated on August 4th as they finally faced off in a pretty good match. You love this match. You Give it three and a half stars.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. On
0: the TNA scale, that's a five star match.
1: (laughs) I'm going to be real with you right now. I blacked out. (laughs)
0: You were talking,
1: and I, like, zoned out completely, and then he came back with, oh, and you love that match, and I was like, fuck, I have
0: no clue what match he's talking about. I pivoted to Raven and Sabu.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, it was a good match. Raven and Sabu were fucking crazy, and they beat each other up with weapons, and I liked both times that Raven did that. He did that against Sabu, they did the crazy DDT through the table. They did the fucking yeah, and then the boom. They backed it up and they did the Sanjay match in the second one, which I, I think there's probably a story behind that why that happened. Uh, but uh, I was into it. I like the Raven stuff. The Raven stuff's fun because it's plunder, and at least plunder isn't overused now.
0: And yeah, it's not plunder and everyone bleeding on every show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Raven DDT Sabu through the table picked up the win in their first ever contest. It was meant to be a DDT up the top ropes, but they then just fell off the top, and they the DDT through the table looked good. But when you would like tease the DDT off the ropes through the table, and then have to like do a regular DDT through a table, it's like, oh, all right. So they were meant to come back the next week with a Hangman's Horror match, or sorry, the, the two weeks later it was meant to be the the rematch, but well, Sabu wasn't there. <laughs> and that
1: doesn't sound like he appeared
0: to actually be injured but there was also a lot of doubt as to whether he was actually injured because it's sabu Mm -hmm. and like there was a lot of talk that like sabu was meant to go over in this match sanjay ultimately took the place of sabu and went over so like it it probably it wasn't the case that he like he was refusing to do a job so he probably was hurt or like his his real life demons got the better of him in some way or another
1: Uh, yeah i don't see a reason for him to like be like i don't want to do this match that i'm gonna win yeah I liked the the Sanjay dot raven match, Yeah,
0: after he showed up to do the job in the first match as well. Yeah. Sabu was meant to face Sanjay in this Hangman's Horror match on August 18th. Sabu wasn't there. Sanjay stepped in. Yeah, they had a fun match where, like, Raven beat the shit out of Sanjay, but then Sanjay fired up. He threw a fireball at Raven and hung him and won. Yeah, that was
1: cool. All I can think about whenever I see this Hangman's Horrors match is I just want someone to tie every collar around them.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the, the gimmick, in case you've never seen one, is that on each of the six sides there is a a, a strap and a collar that you you want to, to tie the collar around the neck of somebody, throw them over the ropes and hang them to win the match. That's the Hangman Horrors match. But yeah, tie because uh, Sanjay tried to tie two of them at one stage, but one of them fell off.
1: But uh, the whole time I'm just thinking like, how funny it would be if Raven just had them all tied on and
0: was just stuck in the middle of the ring. Yeah, he's just he's tied the ropes some six angles and Sanjay was just whipping his ass
1: yeah I liked that um, the little spot it took a while to get going but I liked the spot where Raven shortened the, the chain to make it like even worse when he threw him mm. over
0: uh, there were some mysterious figures in the crowd watching on that was meant to be James Mitchell Ooh. on Slash but with Sabu leaving or, or like Sabu was out now for the best part of a year that's that's that's, that's, that's the story's on the back burner I think they were they were meant to reunite Raven and Mitchell as a like a, a new new church the newest church. With them together as opposed to being enemies.
1: Mm, that would be fun. Yeah. They did have the best feud of the year. so.
0: Yeah, Sabu is once again on the bubble because of out-of-ring antics. More than one team official questioned whether the back injury Sabu was had that he used as the excuse for getting out of this match was real. But then he missed a show in Puerto Rico after this time and was like, okay, it's probably real. There was talk that this might be the end of Sabu, but he has a good relationship with Jerry Jarrett, and they don't want to ruffle feathers at Raven, but this does turn out to be the end of Sabu for a while. Aww. it's a shame, like, this this feud was heating up, they were doing good stuff, they were finally getting to actually the the matches, at least they got one, it would have been a shame if, like, they they, they did the entire build and then couldn't even get one match out of it, at least they got one match out of it, which was the first ever Raven-Sabu match. But, yeah, it's a shame they couldn't do their full program.
1: I just think there's been, like, some of the best and most consistent
0: stuff on the show. Mm. And then, alright, it's time, Liam. It's Goldilocks time. Yes.
1: let stop. let stop. It's Goldie time. I mean, listen. Uh, Goldie's gone completely off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Old foes reappearing. Mm-hmm. She's collecting people. She is
0: literally collecting people. She wants to own the contracts.
1: And she's very mean to Abyss now.
0: She is. She does hate him. So, yeah, first show of the month, NWATNA, pay-per-view number 106, August 4th. Goldie arrives, driven in a limo by D-Ray 3000. Yeah. D-Ray runs over a bin. Shark boy arrives with a, yeah. a plate of shrimp, which seems like a betrayal of his species.
1: That's what no it doesn't. Shark eat other fish. What the what the fuck are you talking about? Don't worry about it. He is betraying but, the what?
0: ocean life on behalf of that doesn't our, make any our sense. bipedal land walking, we betraying freaks? the earth every
1: time we eat an animal? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, so I love this segment. Mm-hmm. Not only because it's Locks and she's great and does everything perfectly, but because this is some good old fashioned TNA comedy. It is. This is like you know we've seen it a little bit, especially with some storm stuff. But this is what this is what will become to this is what we will come to see as like a, a commonplace thing in TNA these backstage comedic and tone uh, segments. So fuck yeah, I am I'm obviously I'm a big fan of them. I always bring them up. The greatest res- uh, segment in wrestling history is the Team 3D Funeral. Mm-hmm. So. Like, just getting little taste of that feels very good. And I'm glad that we're we're moving in that direction a little
0: bit. And uh, we got a little bit of it with Shark Boy last year as well with the new Jack stuff.
1: Yeah. The best thing TNA does is it's backstage comedy.
0: Now we're back. Uh, I think that I don't think got enough credit during the pandemic year was the Swinger's Palace stuff. I'm excited when we revisit that in like 15 years. I'll be dead. Uh, so, yeah, Goldilocks arrives with D Ray, Shark Boy has shrimp. Uh, Shelly chastises Shark Boy for having shrimp that have tails. <laughs> and then they open the trunk and abysses in there.
1: Yes, which is a good bit. See? Good bits.
0: So then Abyss grabs the entire tray of shrimp, folds it in half, and just downs it.
1: <laughs> which, which also just seems gross.
0: I don't think I hope none of them actually went to his mouth. Most of them fell down his front. But yes, it is quite gross.
1: I wonder if like one of them like made it in and he's like, Ugh. but he has to keep like a straight
0: face. Oh, that led us into a match. money versus contract. It's Abyss versus Sunny Siaki. Because, uh, as remembered, Siaki and Desire are broke and need to feed their kids, so they want to win Goldie's money.
1: Because TNA doesn't pay the bills.
0: Shelly and Goldie got into it at ringside with Desire, which distracted Siaki, allowing Abyss to hit the shock treatment. Goldie now owns Sunny Siaki. <gasps> Another one. <laughs> Another one for her collection. mm August 11th. Franchise has Goldie and crew. Goldie wants Siaki to get on her knees and give her a foot massage. Abyss walks in. He's real mad. Goldie is mad at Abyss for not fitting uh, fitting in, and says he should face the wall.
1: <laughs> Which is just mean. It,
0: it is mean. It's not very nice.
1: But you know what? I guess I have to. I have to stand with Goldie. Do you? Yeah, I have to side with her no matter what. So yeah, uh, Abyss, just you know, <laughs> stare at the wall, idiot. <laughs>
0: So Desire was like, I would like to have a a match with you, money versus contract, but I will have a a mystery opponent.
1: And it is...
0: It's Ekmo, your pal, Umaga. On paper, this is the most Liam match that has ever existed. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it wasn't very good. Yeah, it was, it's a very, like, it's about everything other than Alex Shelley wrestling Umaga.
1: Yeah, if it was just that, then, you know, it would have been 10 stars. But, you know, it's cool that these two interacted. It's one of those, like, random, huh, moments.
0: Yes, yeah, so the desire changed, chased Goldilocks away from ringside. They came back to the catfight. Ekmo and Shelly beat with a splash, but referee was distracted by the catfight, allowing uh, Abyss to hit Ekmo with two chair shots to the skull, followed by a black hole slam. Shelly picks up the win. I guess. Should, does this mean Goldie owns Umaga? Yes. Abyss picked up the briefcase, but Goldie dragged it out of his hands and chastised him. A lot of chastising going on here. A lot of talking down. A lot of being mean to people. Good. Umaga. That's his last appearance, by the way. Should mention
1: yeah you didn't exactly have a, a barn burner of a run
0: i he had that cool tag finish with Sonny Siaki, which was the press slam of the cutter
1: yeah well it's all right go off to the wwe and be the best big man that company's ever seen
0: also they had that fun thing where it's like it's continuity that she brought back his tag team partner
1: that yeah, was fun that was a nice touch
0: a low bar thanks for you hudson has goldie she's mad at her cronies Desire comes in. She wants Siaki back, but Goldie wants to keep him. Desire offers to buy Sonny back, but Goldie's like, ha, ha, with what money, you poor bitch? I
1: think, she, I think she's like, has your welfare come in? <laughs> and I was like, "God damn, Goldie. Go
0: for the juggler. Desire says, you have one thing I want. You have a contract. And I'm collecting contracts. Give
1: me your contract.
0: So she offers Siaki's contract versus Desire's contract next week. Then Abyss walks in, Goldie instructs him to clean up her slop. Clean up my slop.
1: <laughs> you like that Goldie in our world is just like the Wicked Witch? She
0: now. is, just to see what she's doing. <laughs> she should do Broadway. Yes, and one for
1: your little dog too. <laughs> <laughs> just now, I just want to, I want to do like a, a, an edit where it's like, Gordy just being like to each of like, you know, D-Ray and stuff is like, and I'll take your contract and your contract and your contract and one for your little
0: dog as well. Oh, good stuff. August 20th, AMW face Alex Shelley and Abyss. Wish that was better. Yeah, again, it's one of those matches that if they just went out there and had a cool match, it would be a cool match, but it was a story match.
1: I hate stories. Wrestling shouldn't have stories. Abyss
0: accidentally boots Shelly, allowing Harris to spear Shelly for the win. Goldie then gave out to Abyss, who cost him the match. Abyss was about to retaliate, about to snap on Goldie before Shelly stood between them. Abyss went to choke slam Shelly, but Goldie talked him down, as the crowd were really into the idea of Abyss turning babyface here.
1: Again, they'll probably fuck it up and make him a heel straight away after again.
0: That's true. They did already do this angle with Kid Cash.
1: Yeah, and it got over huge and it looked good, and then they were like, all right, you're a heel now. Uh, it's a strange company.
0: August 25, Alex Shelley faces Desire's mystery opponent who turns out to be L.A. Park, who was in the opening match of that show. He, he and Psychosis faces Zarian in a nice little match.
1: Yeah, uh, working double duty, like Park.
0: L.A. Park strolls out doing double duty. Mike Taney and Don West are skeptical as to whether this is the real L.A. Park.
1: Well, they changed his gear, so. It's yeah. true. How would he have had time. That seems like a... That's like an hour-long process. He was wearing
0: red gear in the opener and the more classic white gear here.
1: I like the red gear, though. I like candy cane psychosis. White L.A. Park.
0: Uh, Park won very quickly with a chokeslam and Goldie was absolutely furious. Siaki is free of her contract. Then the real L.A. Park came out and was like, who the fuck are you?
1: Hey. And then, uh, the big reveal.
0: Yeah, the fake L.A. Park revealed himself as the returning Eric Watts.
1: Holy shit. Uh, A, that's great. Just love seeing Eric Watts back. B, uh, I like that LA Park's reaction to Eric Watts' reveal was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> like."
0: <laughs> he was so happy to see Eric Watts. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna play guitar in my chair.
1: <laughs> so I hope that means that LA Park is now in the anti goldilocks sports.
0: <laughs> the, the Eric Watts La Park tag team we've all been waiting for.
1: Yes, LA Park, Eric Watts, Sonny Siaki. Versus Alex Shelley Abyss
0: D Ray what a team Goldie began blaming Abyss again and they did the exact same angle they did on Impact where Abyss was about to snap grabbed Shelley by the throat but then Goldie talked him down once more
1: woo even Goldie isn't um safe from doing the same angle twice no
0: it literally beat for beat the exact same it's like he was about to snap on Goldie Shelley stepped between them, grabbed Shelley for a choke slam Goldie was like no 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 no.
1: It's the territories, man. We've we got to run the loop with it. we got to do it in Florida, then we got to do it in Nashville.
0: Watt interrupted an interview later being like, Goldie was so busy collecting contracts, she didn't realize my contract had expired. <gasps> it's, so he was a free agent, which means he could do whatever he wants. He's no longer under Goldie's control. She needs to get one of these many people whose contract she owns to run talent relations and keep track of contract expiry dates. <laughs>
1: I would have loved to have seen some segments where Eric Watts and Goldlox were negotiating an extension. <laughs>
0: uh, there was a number of people suggested for the spot that weren't Eric Watts. So, Watts doing the fake uh, Leparca gimmick was a funny story. This is from the Wrestling Observer. He was the third or fourth choice for Desire's surprise role. Once again,
1: Jeff Jarrett proving to be a fool. Uh,
0: the original idea was Jimmy Snooker. But when Snooker was contacted, he told him he'd recently undergone abdominal surgery and would like to work with him at some point, but couldn't right now. We will actually see Jimmy Snooker shortly. Another choice was Abdullah the Butcher. That would have been so fucking cool. Imagine a and Abdullah the Butcher interacting.
1: That's the dream.
0: And the third was D'Lo Brown, but he was in Japan.
1: Okay. Well, it would have been stupid to have D'Lo come back. So.
0: <laughs> Especially in the Goldilocks, Eric Watts orbit. It's just like, oh No. Poor d can't escape the mid-card.
1: If I was d I would have been like, nah, man, I'm good.
0: So, Abyss faced Siaki on the last impact of the month. Shelly tried to interfere, but Abyss decked him by accident, but then Abyss still won a black hole slam after Siaki was distracted standing on Goldilocks' fingers, which was quite rude. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, Watts did cut. There was a, a promo Watts actually cut when he said I was free. He wants uh, him and Siaki against Shelly and Abyss on the first show of the next month with Sharkboy and D-Race contracts on the line.
1: He wants to free all of the hostages, which I would respond that they all have, you know, they're all working still. They're all being paid. I don't know what the problem is.
0: And honestly, I think Goldilocks is a better boss than Jeff Jarrett.
1: I mean, they don't have to take bumps. Mm -hmm. They're still getting like their full paycheck. They're not getting their dates cut in half. Who
0: would you rather be your boss? Goldilocks or Vince Russo? I
1: mean, that's a tough one. (laughs) uh, uh, ooh, uh ooh, ooh, Scott Hudson
0: oh good good call I would like Scott to be my boss he seems yeah. like a nice guy
1: Scott is your boss
0: Hudson Hudson Liam oh sorry so that is our shortest podcast in a long time <laughs> I
1: mean and now. Our- best
0: like these like asylum and impact days like just the act of saying the things that has happened has made this podcast pretty long it's exhausting like our our, all of our recordings recently have been four hours plus and this one like it'll be cut down quite uh, a bit but uh, at the moment we're on 225 and that included like a 10 minute intermission so (laughs) Mm. that tells you how little happened in this month of tna nothing nothing's going on
1: yeah who cares? Who cares about any of this? Like we we'll just get to the victory road, damn it! Yeah,
0: so we will be back in two weeks. Back on regular schedule, no more of this month between episodes nonsense. We'll be back with two weeks with the last of the asylum days, the final two pay per views, and then the month, the rest of the impact for the month of September. Then we'll be back in two weeks after that with the Victory Road episode, which will be all the episodes of Impact leading up to Victory Road from the start of October. And as I said, after that, we will be pay-per-view by pay-per-view to Victory Road, to Turning Point, to Final Resolution, to Against All Odds, so on, so forth. We'll be back next weekend with our first episode of Wrestling Society X.
1: Now that is a show everyone should be looking forward to. That'll
0: be on Patreon, patreon.com slash tnachat.com. As I mentioned, you can get our watch-along of the first pay-per-view of the month, which was a pay-per-view that existed, NWA TNA pay view number 106. You can also get our uh, star ratings for this month, so you can see just how few matches broke three stars. None of them did for me. Three stars was the upper <laughs> limit for this month of TNA. And you can also get our extensive show notes, everything we've said here. There's also usually a couple notes we didn't cover. There's also some matches. Like, there's squashes in all these shows. Like, do you want to hear about Monty Brown versus Bruce Steele? AJ Styles. Actually, no, AJ Styles, Jason Cross did have that cool slingshot on Prettier, So that match was good.
1: You you buried Jason Cross. I don't want to hear anything from you. And
0: Jarrett and Psychosis. Monty and Jimmy Rave. Listen to all these squash matches that happen on Impact. You can see all of them if you look at our show notes. But they were squash matches. Guy won with this finish. In case you were wondering what happened, if you look at that match and think, geez, what happened in that match? Guy won with his finish. So, so you can see all that in our <laughs> show notes at tnachat.com, patreon.com slash kidding me. You can follow us on Twitter at tnhistorypod. You can follow Liam on Twitter at thegleetmuda. You can follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney. Thanks for listening and bye bye.
1: Do damn thing. Victory. All right. <sighs>